It's, it's Gentleman Jack. Jack. Crack, crack. Cue that fucking jaunty music. Nineteenth-century groveling, groveling, groveling. Good lord. Okay, guys, we are back for part two of this recap of episode seven of Gentleman Jack, entitled "Why Have You Brought That?" <laughs> and uh, we are here at the very, very beginning, a very hard place to start but here we are of the beginning of the mariana drama and we do start this scene with jaunty music because Anne does jaunt out of the fucking carriage before it's even really done moving again so here we go and to lemmington and we're jaunting <laughs> we're jaunting to where motherfucking mariana and charles are staying and isn't this when eugenia gets in the motherfucking face my beach it might be. I'm pretty sure this is exactly this when she gets in the This is the very first time where the carriage door opens and he wasn't quite ready to <laughs> let her out. Where he's like, well, I am I suck at my job when it comes to Ann right. Lister. Because he misses the door for Ann Lister. But when he's like just trying to shut it, Eugenie is still coming out. And she gets hit in the face and she's like, imbecile. imbecile. Her best line in the show. Eugenie doesn't really have lines, let alone lines that everyone can understand. <laughs> And that was um, the perfect way to describe Thomas Beach, yeah, as far no, as I'm no, concerned. Right. She's already tired of his shit, and they haven't gotten anywhere. They are just in Lemington, and right. she is already sick to death of his shit. So Ann Johnson's side, right inside, because the door is open. And just then, we see Charles Lawton coming down the stairs. And Anne is like, oh my God, Charles, <laughs> hey, <laughs> uh, don't tell me you're leaving. <laughs> There's been a death in the family. Yes, he's like, I'm afraid I am, actually. We've just Actually, had some bad news. I need to talk a bit older. What <laughs> the fuck? I I've can't. never made it without biting. Ask Mr. Owl. What the <laughs> fuck? Is this going to be your Charles accent? Is this yes. what I'm going to have to deal yes. with? Yes. Oh, my God. I'm still alive. And Mr. B. See, now you got me doing it. Oh, my God. <laughs> But yeah, Charles is in his motherfucking dolefuls mm. because there's been a death. He's like, we've had some bad news. My poor wife won't come to the funeral. Yeah, he's like, oh, Mariana's through there. Do go in. Do, do, go in. <laughs> and then he comes in. He's like, yeah, so uh, what happened was, because Mariana's crying. She's like, what's going on? Why is everyone upset? And he's like, well, uh, we had a note, actually. So it turns out my nephew is dead because he was in an accident a day ago where his arm evidently was ripped the fuck off. And I'm like, 1833, 19th century. We got to get a hold on the safety because the story had me laughing. It sounded like Looney Tunes cartoon. It just made me laugh, which was totally inappropriate. But because, oh, he lost an arm and he's dead now. But I was like, they didn't explain it well enough. They were just like, he was visiting a factory and, well, his arm got caught in a bone crushing mill and, had, and it got severed from the shoulder and then of course he died not too long after because it's 18 fucking 33 and everyone stood there shocked instead of helping him get medical attention so there's that do you know what this part made me think of too which is so fucked up um i don't know if you ever saw the movie walk hard with john c Riley. no but i heard of it so it's a, a parody of walk the line and I probably enjoyed it so much, even though it is a completely ridiculous movie, because I really enjoy Walk the Line. And so I know it very well. And in the movie, when they're like covering the part of Johnny, Johnny Cash's whole drama of like his dead brother, you know, they, of course, amplify it with satire. And the father's like, the wrong kid died. But the way they do it, because it's ridiculous, like the circumstance under which 
his brother dies is so extreme and so just ridiculous. Like, oh, all these limbs are missing, but I'm still talking to you. Help me. Help me, brother. Like, It's just ridiculous. So this is what I picture for motherfucking Mariana's nephew that he just in a ridiculous manner had his arm ripped. And that was all she wrote. And evidently that was the only heir for Lawton Hall, which is the real reason Mariana is upset. But that's my hot take. Might begin there a little soon. But that's my hot take. I believe Anne is trying to figure out who else survived uh, the kid. And I believe she was like, well, you know, send my, like, Juan Magrassi. What was it? Your mother and uh, the brother? And it's like, no, no. no yeah, she does apologize. She's like, well, I really am actually very sorry for you. I know we don't like each other, even a little bit. But this is shitty and tragic. And he says he's going back up to Cheshire to visit the family. But Mariana isn't. And that's when we cut to Mariana's face. And she's just kind of like, I mean, well... We already had this discussion, Charles. Why are you bringing it up again? And he's like, to shame you in front of Van Lister. Actually, I mean, that's why I'm doing it. It's it was it was it was noted, and I was ha- personally happy that it happened because it speaks to how preposterous it is that she's not going to this event. This I mean, it is funeral. a big deal. It seems like it would be a big deal. And I get like wanting to spend time with Ann Lister because why not? Like that's always the better choice than Charles. But that was the only heir <laughs> to Lawton Hall. So it just seems like you should have at least gone for a day. But she wasn't trying to give up the grubbles and a visit with Ann Lister. So she was like, fuck all that. You can tell Ann Lister can sense the tension because she just brings it all back to the dead child. She's like, I don't want to talk about your marital issues. Let's bring it back to the dead nephew. Um, what's up with that? How did it happen? And that's when Charles is like, well, he was being shown around a factory and well, you know, got his arm severed by the shoulder. And well, there it is and charles just kind of like is looking on the ground he's like yeah well he must have bled to death and i was like charles yes that's probably accurate that they probably did not have anything they could do to replenish his blood in a sufficient manner that's when Anne says she wants to pass her condolences to the brother and the wife but mariana chimes in like oh no um just the wife because the brother is also passed away multiple deaths in the lawton family And it was two fucking years ago. So you have to wonder, I don't know if Ann Lister's a forgetful person. So maybe Mariana just didn't mention it or maybe neither of them remembered. And that's shitty (laughs) for Charles. But it just seems like something Mariana should have mentioned. But maybe she didn't because Anne is very good about being polite and remembering things. And I don't think she would want to do such a gaffe of like, oh, give the regards to your brother. He's dead. Two years. Oh, uh, oh, I... I'm not caught up in the affairs of well, the Lawton household, so this is awkward. forgive me, right? Sorry. You would think that uh, someone would have mentioned that. <laughs> oh, that's the line I was going to say earlier. The wrong Lawton died, but <laughs> like that's what that's what occurred to me with that fucking walk the uh, walk hard film. And then Charles is super fucking petty after it's revealed that oh the brother's dead and I clearly you didn't communicate this to your quote unquote bestie right slash lover right. And he's like, so um, should I pass on your condolences too, Mariana? Should I, for you two? And Miranda's like, bitch, of course. Why do you, why do you always have to have smoke in front of company? And he's like, you know why. But those are the unspoken but he words. But smoke, not them. in front of company. She could get a letter. He has smoke all the time. He has <laughs> okay. smoke all the time. They have smoke for each other all the time. It is a very unhappy marriage. And then he's eventually like, okay, uh, Miss Lista, um, bye. I'm out. And once Charles is gone, Mariana gets a proper greeting from Ann Lista. A proper gay greeting. Right. And gets on her knees, she's on her level, and Marianne explains that Charles wants her to go because, duh, a child is dead, but that the mother doesn't like her, and that she thinks it would be awkward, and that they fought about it. Had a little brouhaha, which shocked no one. No one is shocked, Mariana. You literally had a mini brouhaha in front of Ann Lister just now. I mean, but my thing is, again, one person that's grieving, like, you don't have to worry about being surrounded by that one person, especially if they're the primal, like, survived 
party because everyone is there to see that survived. Oh, thank there you. you. <laughs> everyone is there to see that survived individual. So, I mean, was she going to cut a pathway through everyone trying to reach out to her with honest condolences just to shame you for hours at this wake uh, or whatever? It's a petty excuse because even if the mother doesn't like you in this time of grief, I would wager that she don't got time for petty nonsense with you. She might have actually appreciated had you um, taken a note from Anne and had a little propriety and actually just oh, been the bigger person. Yes. And showed up and been like, I can't stay because I have a previous thing that I committed to do, but I just wanted to come and pay my respects. Paul William. But no, no, that's not what Mariana does. And plus, I just found out you were coming. I mean, I, I get it. Why miss a date with Ann Lister? But also, Mariana, <laughs> you had to know that was going to be a huge fight and maintain because that's fucked up. So, yeah, they have that kiss, and you can tell it's a kiss that's like, oh, we've done this many times before. This is comfortable. This is familiar. We are back together. And for the time being, maybe it looks optimistic, but that will not last long. And after this, we cut to uh, post-rebound. Yeah, yeah, I know. There was a damn leg. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, again, like you mentioned it, I guess, when we were like watching it. For it's because we talked a lot after we watched it for Patreon, which is not usual. So you're probably like, did I say that? I'm like, well, yeah, you did, but not here. Right. <laughs> Today. So, I mean, the pair of them being splayed out the way they were after, you know, uh, a cordial uh, <laughs> <laughs> After a kiss, after right, going after, to Italy. Right, after going to Italy. You know, they just looked like they were both, the two of them relaxed. Like, it was a nice, stress-free. Uh, it, 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 I, you know it, what? It, I won't call it stress-free. I won't say I that mean, because the body it was stressing. to me appeared stress-free. Okay, I'll say... Here's what I'll say. I feel that it indicates their comfort. I say not stress-free because Anne was clearly, was in the dofuls and her mind was preoccupied with Anne Walker, which is totally not the best way to have sex with someone, with someone else, that you are not completely over on your mind because it's just going to make the sex worse for you and all parties involved and emotions will probably flow in ways you did not want them to because, well, now look what you did. And that's essentially what happened to Anne Lister in this in this moment i i mean i love this scene because like i said before it's queer content and you just like rarely get to see just women who are together like chilling in a normal way that's not just some overt whatever salacious thing it's just them and affection and comfortability and this scene certainly indicates with the leg rub that you started screaming at when you first saw it that these are two women who have been together for a long time they've known each other a long time and they're comfortable in this situation in these postures with these touches but as we see as the scene goes on that that comfortability that comfort starts to wane and a literal chasm forms between the two of them as Ann Walker motherfucking comes up and what's interesting because I didn't read that script yet because I wanted to hold it just in case I got too jaunty by myself. No, no, I, but, could, I could see this. I could see this. Well, I'm, I'm curious to see, like, what is, if anything, is extended about this scene or maybe something else that we don't know about that didn't make it to the American cut. I don't know. Because it feels like the scene, like, there could have been conversation prior to when we opened the scene that something else could have led to Mariana's prompt about Ann Walker. Yeah, because right now it just seems it's like... Just, it just opens up to it. Yeah, which is, I mean, not uncommon for a, a post-coital scene with Mariana where she's just <laughs> asking the tough questions. <laughs> no, I mean... She does ask the tough questions. It's like, girl, you just caught an O, but okay. You you know what? 
Actually, God damn it. You are so right. Because I totally yelled about that in episode one. At how do you just catch an O and got some fucking ridiculous stuff you want to talk about when you're not just basking in that O and what the reverberations. Right. You just want to be like annoying and bitter, Mariana. And she is because she's immediately on that shit. I mean, you're not passed out. So you got to ask about Ann Walker and all that shit. Like, oh, I didn't know you guys were so close. I didn't know. I didn't know that, you know, she'd gotten in like that. And it's like, um... Like, yeah, when you wrote that note to me when I was asking you for a groom recommendation, you also mentioned then... She's like, I suspected something, but <laughs> but not this. Not not the visible difference in the grubble. And so I'm just going to, because I like to fly off at the handle with my um, potentially alleged details and reading into things that, like, realistically, anyone who's had a rebound or a... Um, you know, just like a hookup that well, maybe it was an ill-advised hookup once you had it. That if your emotions are in a way and you have hooked up with this person before and they can tell when you are elsewhere, that that is what's going to prompt some questions. And so I am going to take, at least from this interpretation of the show, that it was visible to Mariana that Ann Lister was not fully on her lister with Mariana. That there was other things occupying her you mind. You mean to tell me that my oasis uh, does not alleviate you of your severe drought? You seem to be lacking in drought. Look, <laughs> I don't... I'm going to start yelling and it's not the time I'm trying to pace myself and keep it there. But at the heart of it, in my personal opinion, is what Mariana believes is possible and how she projects that onto Ann Lister. So her surprise about Ann Walker in every sense is real because realistically from what everything we know about Mariana and what she said about Ann, she does not believe for certain things to be possible. And even if she implies in a moment that, okay, maybe, maybe someday. Oh, shout to person of interest. Really? Maybe someday. Oh, tragic, but still enjoyable. Yeah. Mm, Root and Shaw. Any fans out there? (laughs) Back to Mariana. She doesn't actually believe those things. Not really, because her actions do not show us that she means those things. And so I... Okay, let's just start. Let's start with what she says. After she's like, you know, I suspected something, but I don't know. And she's clearly bothered and you know mariana's inquiring further so she's like so it's all off now like it's done and Anne looking so sullen like she is emo she is pouting she's not hiding it she's not even doing an effort to hide it which is interesting because it's her that she's not hiding the fact that she i mean and i would also potentially say she can't like she maybe she would prefer to to evade mariana's questions but she's not able to at this immediate first grubble in lemmington that she's able to maybe do that in london but not in Lemington. And says that, you know, that Ann Walker wasn't one of her great passions to start off with, just something to do because she was lonely, which I'm like, key, key, key point. Lonely, Mariana. Lonely, lonely. I feel like I've gone on about this, but that is massive. That is huge. That is at the heart of everything where she's like, I want someone to stay and be here with me all the time with me here at Shipton. That that is at the heart of it, that she is lonely. And isn't it worse to be lonely with somebody in a room? But I'm not yes. going to get there. I'm not going to get there with her and Mariana. But that's just, that's the, that. Mm. Um, We're doing this. Let me not do that. <laughs> I, I <wanna laughs> listen, I. Whew. And when she said because she was lonely and I was like, yeah, and Ann Walker was so damn thirsty. Like, girl, you, <laughs> you know, you got to the grubbles way faster than you ever expected. And so, yeah, that's what I was getting at. That I feel like Ann Lister was getting emotional during the grubble, which can happen yeah. in a way that indicates oh, something's going on and this really has nothing to do with you. You're like on the periphery, and maybe I shouldn't be doing this right now because I'm not ready to do this. Like I thought I was cool because I'm Ann Lister, but actually <laughs> I'm having thoughts. I'm making comparisons. I'm crossing my chart and this is not 
good. I'm wishing I had this wife. I'm wishing this all would have worked out. This is actually what I wanted. And it's all over her face, which is why Mariana is completely taken the fuck out. She's like, what? And she's like, so you really into this hoe? What the fuck? And she's like, yeah, well, you know, okay, let me, <clears throat> let me reveal something to you. Uh, so I kind of asked her like to move in with me, marry me, take the sacrament, all that shit. Right. I was really surprised that she said no, though. <laughs> and then the first thing. Well, she didn't thing, say that. Oh. She said, I really thought she'd say yes. Well, yeah. Which I think is more appropriate just because Ann Walker, it was a rejection, but not really. It was a rejection from being stuck. No, yeah. Even though she wanted it. So a say yes is more appropriate than she told me no. Because she kind of didn't. She was she always kind of like, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But I'm just really like, I'm feel, I need time. I need just space. I mean, could we grubble first? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> can I think about this for another six weeks? <laughs> the purse. Let's pull something out of the purse. But And Lawton's was just like, um, oh, you mean like all the things that we did? And of course, and rightfully so, was like, yes, but then you went to go and marry Charles. Right, right. And, and, and everything we see, you can see that going to Italy was not as fond and lovely as maybe it has been in past Grubbles. Yeah, so Anne Lister on her peaches, or actually now we could say FKA twigs, fuck the pain away. Yep. And then she tried, she was like, bitch, that didn't work. <laughs> that didn't work. And Mariana has that line, and I just, it's part of her being so clued out and not being sensitive enough to what's actually happening with Anne Lister when she's like, oh my God, Freddie, are you crying? And Anne is like, no, but clearly, clearly. So how fucked up do a bitch gotta be over her bitch to be Anne Lister, who's always talking about other hoes creating prettily little scenes. And there she is, post grubble with Mariana in the doffles, trying to hold back the tears because she's thinking about a different girl. And she's like, this is fucked. I thought I could go back to this and be okay. I thought this would be good enough like it has been to fall back on, but not really because I've been slowly telling myself it's not good enough. But now it is glaringly obvious to me right. how this not good not enough work. this is. Mm -hmm. I got used to this other dynamic and this other thing and other things. And now <laughs> I'm back in this old thing and it's just not feeling the way it used to. And this is actually the start of Mariana again, not getting it because every time she's fucking rude like this or insensitive to Anne, Anne does a shirk. Where she's like, and it gets bigger and bigger each time. With this time, she's like, could you just space? Like, you just upset me, space. And I don't know if you work like that, but I work like that. Oh, I, I, because mm -hmm. proximity to people always affects my yep. energy. That yep. if now we are going somewhere, like, take a step back, no, remove your hand from that piece of my body, please. Thank you. No, actually, could you? Could you take a few more steps back? Because I don't even want to be near you at this point. And that's what we see Anne doing. Every time Mariana got some extra shit to say, she's like, you know what? Get this knee off me entirely. Bitch, fuck. But also I feel like too, like Ann Lister could talk a lot of shit, but if anyone's going to make light of anything, it's going to be her. Don't yeah. you come out, talk about her situation with Ann Walker and be like, oh, whatever. Are you crying over that, Freddie? It's like, how dare you? You don't know what she's crying over because you actually have no insight. Like you said, you didn't even know from her letters that it was that serious because also you can't conceive of it ever being that serious with another bitch because, well, that's just. How limited your worldview your... is. Yeah. Unfortunately. And I have tons of reasons that I will get to why I feel like Mariana is this way, but still is this way. And I feel like every time she intonates something like this about Miss Walker, you see Anne's protectiveness come out that she's been exhibiting the entire time for Anne Walker, where she's like, do not refer to my girl in those ways that are insulting. I don't like it. I'm trying my best not to skip ahead. I know, I know. 
And also, I just want to point out the fact, like, we've been talking about, like, just little things, and I'm sure Sally really thought about it, and Antroma and the rest. But just, like, every little thing that Mariana says in this situation is in direct opposition to everything Ann Walker has done in a mirror situation to try to get to Ann Lister or inquire about things. Because, for one, like we said, even when Ann Walker was, like, tormented, she would still be like, are you okay? What's going on with you? Talk to me. Nope, let's stop the grubble and talk. And you know what I said then? I was like, I don't think Mariana would stop the grubble. I think she'd let it finish. And then maybe if Anne was annoying her, like she does later in the episode where she's like, God, are you just going to sulk all fucking day? Here, let me insult you to try to get you to talk to me. Like, that's not, that's not, like who, is that's that, a bad is that way to language? get it. Like, what is that? But some people work that way. Some people, they don't know how to positively express when they need something from you. So they're like, let me hurt you. Let me antagonize you. Let me get you riled up because at least then I have your attention. And that is a toxic way to engage with humans. And even when Anne is like, she was never one of my grand passions. And I was like, so what do you call incurring across for four hours? Like, I'm just, <laughs> I, so what is a, what does a grand passion look like for incurring across Anne and Lister? Is that eight hours? Is that a full work day of man's work? Like, I'm just trying to figure out where you are putting the barometer so I can be on your same page. Because I just, I'm sorry, I must bring attention back. I must bring attention back, you guys, to the fact that Anne Lister, prideful, snobby, fucking Anne Lister. Oh, Anne Lister, three generations back to Charlemagne was ready to leave her ancestral home and live at Lydgate and be happy about it with Ann Walker if she could have married that hoe. Yeah. She had said it in her journal. She became okay with it. And Lister of all people was like, I am okay shacking up with my babe. Like that is how badly she wanted to marry this hoe. So whatever. Grand passion. Okay, girl. Are you sure you're not saying that for Mariana's benefit? Sorry, guys. It's going to keep getting jaunty for me. This is what's going to happen. Right. So then Mariana is like, well, if she's not one of your grand passions, she must be really... Really rich, really fucking rich, right? She's rich, right? She's loaded, right? And, These, um, right. Yeah, well, yeah. go ahead. I'm no, take that's, a sip that's, of my damn. Right, because me hearing this is like, I already didn't have the best light for Mariana. So like me now is watching her reduce this woman that she, she doesn't know. She They don't really know each other all that well. You read about her in a letter or two, maybe. You know that uh, Ann Lister has been, what, uh, invested. Mm -hmm. And so now you're trying to shirk that investment into shrinking it so that in the eyes of Ann Lister, this is like some type of like controlling behavior, which I'm guessing was at the root of your relationship from before Walker's appearance, where you're like, well, don't worry about those things. You're good enough for me, which is why we decided to take the sacrament. Oh my we God. We are together. Why you guys say it like that? I but, mean, I don't disagree with you, but please continue. And <laughs> ultimately, it's like, fuck everybody else. And I guess she's saying this to try to make Endless to feel better, but she does not know that, um, that the fount of most of, I guess, her recent... Uh, sources of happiness has been with being able to see a, a jauntier version of Ann Walker at her side laughing in the face of uh, people like uh, Mrs. Priestley. Mrs. Priestley yeah it's like, well, do you want to come upstairs I know she's like happier times she's like babe you were just near queer we are going upstairs fuck Mrs. Priestley fuck the help fuck everybody that's what we're doing oh remember those lovely days before happier the haters of Halifax times. got into our yes. baby gays ears yes before the dreams and the nightmares, before... And this is also the second time that Mariana gets shirked even further than she was before. Because that comment bothers Anne. And I think also I'm going to take this this flying free interpretation that she 
is maybe like annoyed with that about herself. You know, like even if she went into the situation like, oh, whatever, just some silly, cute young girl with a lot of money that I can easily just whatever, do my charm and maybe something can happen. And then she actually gets into it with Ann Walker and Ann Walker is so much more than she bargained for that she would lament anyone making any sentiment like that because she probably laments herself being like, well, this is a huge deal. This is actually the main deal. Like, let me let me go try and talk to her because I mean, she does have a lot of money. I mean, she's cute, but she also has a lot of money. And so she doesn't even, she doesn't want to be reminded of that. She's like, don't say it again. She's fucking rich, but it's not about her being rich. Matter of fact, take your knee all the way off me. Yep. How about that? Because you're not getting yep. my energy right now. You keep saying things that upset me, which again, that's Mariana's thing. She's like, I even, and that's, I'm not even going to say that Mariana can't totally sense when Anna's upset because she can in some degrees, but she agitates it. You know, like there's two yes. ways to go. There's, there's kerosene and then there's milk or something else to put out the fire, not send it up into a new plateau or just reaches of height because you're a fucking asshole. Where Anne is like, look, it's not about her money. It's about her thirst and her face <laughs> and the baldy <laughs> and the money and the chamere and all the stuff. Because like she said to Anne, she's kind, she's sweet. She's such a good person. And I will get into it more about the real personality, character differences and morality of Ann Walker and Mariana Lawton. And as you said, when we were watching and recording that first time that you don't think Mariana has a respects the sacrament. And At I really all. feel like you, you hit home on something that I hadn't really spent a lot of time thinking on it, but I'm like, actually, and maybe that goes back to her faith and all these other things. And certainly living under the patriarchy, there's enough reasons to question a whole lot of shit and have your faith shaken in systems. But I think that that's actually a hella good hot take that I'm sure we will get into more later that she does not value the sacraments the way, say, Ann Walker does because Ann Walker was all the way vexed and stressed and literally pushed herself into further dolefuls because she was so conflicted at what is the moral thing to do? What is the right thing to do? What do I owe people who you don't owe shit? But but you're too busy thinking, I got to do the right thing. I got to do what good people do, what the Lord says I should do, that I am stuck here in this situation. Meanwhile, Mariana out here passing out sacraments to a whole lot of people and keeping none of them. So hot take from Terrence, I want to mention. No, I mean, I feel like, yeah, you're in the vein of what ultimately I've been harboring. And it's only a fresh harboring versus, you know, sitting on it for weeks. But yeah, I don't see this individual as someone who is looking to do like there's a reason why and wanted to take the sacrament do you get me like it's it was for a purpose it matters to her right mm -hmm. and then you know to just go through the motions because that's what someone else wanted to do that's not that's not a mutual passion you know what i mean that's that's not that's you appeasing someone else for their maybe it's sake. one of those situations like couples get together and one's more religious than the other and so one really really cares about the ceremony but the other one just doesn't like maybe that's Mariana because she doesn't seem to be vexed about her morality right <laughs> the way right. that Ann Walker is where she's like I may burn in hellfire forever just for engaging in lust just for having some happiness and some enjoyment and that is so far removed from Mariana who's like I will get as much enjoyment as I can from all the places I can and I'm not gonna feel bad about it because right. life has dealt me a shitty fucking deck. So I need to get mine where I can get mine. And again, I'm not I'm not saying I'm judging Mariana. I just don't like what she says and does to uh, Ann Lister because the patriarchy will have all kinds of women out here doing all kinds of things to survive. Right. And hey, that's that's what you got to do. If left, if less grubbles for her mean more grubbles for me, then I'm going to make sure that I'm always in the paint. So <laughs> that's Lawton's Wait, are you, oh, you're, Okay, you're speaking for Mariana. Yeah. Well, you know how I feel about that. We will get there. We will get there. Ooh. Okay, so, and this is when we actually get the lines 
Mariana's like, oh, but Freddie, you're married to me. Me, Freddie, you're married to me. And honestly, I feel like with the way Ann Lister pushes her off too, she's like, this isn't even cute. Not even a little bit cute. Like maybe this was cute when we were 23. Maybe this was cute when we were 25. Oh, we're married. Like, and laughing it off like it's not serious business. Like I'm not fucking 40. Like I'm not actually a grown ass fucking woman with right. things to do. And so I'm annoyed that Mariana said that thing that she probably said several times. And Anne again is like, you know what? Off of me. Each remark she says is reminding Ann Lister about why they are not really together anymore. And of course, what does Ann say for Mariana after this line where Freddie's like, but you married to me, babe. And I said, yes, but then you went and married Charles. You did say that during the recording, but also Ann says that as well. She's like, but you married Charles all those years ago. So, <laughs> and Mariana is oscillating back to, cause she still can't believe. She's like, seriously? You asked her to marry you? Exchange rings? Alter wills? All that shit? Move in? And Ann is just like a little taken aback. And she's like, well, we, we didn't, you know, our pillow talk did not reach Wills because, I mean, well, she's very thirsty. Right. And she was constantly harassing me about my braids. I couldn't even get to the Will talk. Believe me, Mariana, <laughs> I tried to get to the Will talk. I'm a very serious person, very serious person. But Ann Walker, she's very serious about her grubbles. And I believe Ann Choma and the other historians in their books, they talk about this, um, Jill Liddington, about this being a thing. I think we mentioned one of the nightcaps a little while back that in their letter exchange and in their actual pillow talk at this time prior to the Ann Walker era, they were discussing things like wills because I guess that's what you did at that age when all you had to think about was your prospects in a certain kind of sense. And we know that it was intensely on Mariana's mind. Right. Men will be the death of us. <laughs> well, and so Mariana's taking all the cues and she's just like, so this was serious, like serious, serious, like capital S serious. What the fuck? And Mariana just kind of sits back scoffing and, and Lister's like, well, what the hell is your problem, Mariana? I mean, I, none of this is new news. We have been in this situation for a while now, lots of years. What, what What's the problem? What's the diagnosis? And I feel like if I were Ann Lister, I'd be like, remember that petty ass letter you wrote me a few months ago where you didn't seem to give two shits about what I was going through? You didn't seem to give a hot damn about what's happening with me. And now you're super, super concerned what's happening over here. And now it's Mariana who's backing off and looking away mm -hmm. saying, well, uh, you know, these are things we said though. These are things that we talked about doing. These are things that we said we would do. And I'm like, is it what we said or is it what you said? And Anne agreed because she had no choice if she didn't want to lose you, but to agree to later, yeah. later. Otherwise it's just yeah. done, isn't it? Otherwise it's just done. And remember we were talking about too, where she wrote that letter not too long ago about how healthy Charles was. Yeah. Like a motherfucker. Hey, Anne, just wanted to let you know that, oh, God, this bitch is going to live for another <laughs> 20 years, girl. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up about us living together because I swear he's never going to die. But to be honest, Mariana was feeling a little bit of that Moulin Rouge. Roxanne, my jealousy song. <laughs> you don't have to, to put out the red light. What's that line? It says, jealousy. Oh, jealousy <laughs> will drive you mad. This is Mariana the rest of the trip because jealousy did drive her mad. She could have turned down a little bit less and gotten more grubbles had she deigned to. But no, she can't stop from this point on because Ann Lister left such an impact on her to be like, oh my God. So someone has gotten through and really really through mm -hmm. which is why i don't know why later she has the nerve to try to confuse ann walker with via hobart but we'll get there oh I did, you notice? Ahead. 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 did you know no, let's not we have to work hard <laughs> not to jump <laughs> ahead and skip around and yell about random things not in order okay so basically as that scene ends mariana's like i didn't think it got that far basically and anna's like well it did 
And they, the scene ends with them facing opposite corners. Their body language is in the opposite direction. And like I said, there's no better visual representation of their separation physically and emotionally in that moment than what Sally does with the framing because it's a complete contrast to how it starts. They're touching, they're turned in towards each other. End of the scene, they're not touching, they're turned outwards towards each other. Mariana's thinking, she's like, who the fuck is this Sam Walker? I swear to God. And then let's just like, why did I sleep with this hoe? I mean, I thought it was going to be a fun trip to Leamington, London, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Look at the drama. Look at the drama. Why did I say anything about Ann Walker? Because I couldn't help it because I'm in the doffles. Get yourself together and you can't be showing yourself like this, which is why I think she's like that in London. Like they get to London and she's done showing Mariana anything vulnerable about Ann Walker. She is on her. I'm social. I'm calling on people. This is what I'm doing. And I'm not going to show you how actually wretched I feel inside about my lost lady love. So after that scene, Does it it's not exactly jaunty music, but... I feel like they would be loading a carriage to begin some. Yeah, it's like, let's game? go lesbians. That's yeah. what I call that scene. Yes. Let's go lesbians. Yes. It just felt like a, a time to scream that because uh, the two ladies are the two lady servants, ladies maids, I suppose, right. are heading out. Eugenie right. and whoever Mariana's ladies maid is and fucking <laughs> Ann Lister. <laughs> She's like, no, no, no. She looks great, by the way. Love yeah. her outfit and her, her coat, her great coat that she's wearing there. But the look on her face while she's waiting for a pissy petty, angry Mariana to get in that fucking carriage who has been stewing this entire time thinking about what it could have been going on with Miss Walker and being replaced and so on and so forth. I plan to depart at 10 past nine. It is now 10 past 10. <laughs> I can just imagine like my jauntings off schedule because of you. Oh like, yeah, because she was waiting. Yes. She was waiting. Yes. She was like, what the fuck is taking y'all women so long? So Eugenie is like, get ready to step into the cart. Like she's, she's like, no, bitch. Start, no, no, no. <laughs> You're in the back with the group. She's like, not Thomas again. <laughs> right, no. I hate him. And so Anne gives us a fourth wall break. Yes. Like women. But like I said, also Mariana. Mariana right. in particular, right. in specific. She held her hand. Right, right. Right. Because she, she held her hand. She was like, get in there. Because it's, it's just that look where you know. And that's, I liked it because it's kind of a coupley thing too, where you're like, you're angry, but whatever. <laughs> you know, like, you're angry, but okay. So I know this is you. This is what happens. You get angry like this. I just want to also know, I mean, I feel like we said this before. We have not seen ladies' maids for Ann Walker. And given that she is the richest hoe, basically, on her own in Halifax, where are her women? Where are they? Will we see them in season two? I guess she won't need one if she has Eugenie tending to her stuff, but she needs her own gal. I mean, she may. She very well may. Should. I just feel like she, how does she not have one, right? Like she's, she's so paid. She has so many workers on her property. Anyways, so we are at the carriage fight in the ther thermometer scene, which you came to learn was kind of infamous in the meme world of Gentleman Jack. Yeah, I People was so that lost. Scene. And then I was like, oh, well, I get and it. And now you are found. It's clunky. It's phallic. I get it. It's... <laughs> she almost, almost spit, spit my... <laughs> I'm so sick of you. I mean, she it hits the top of the carriage by mistake. Who has she, the biggest thermometer? Uh, okay. And Lister does. <laughs> she does. She does. In all the ways. Oh, gosh. Do you want to intro this scene? <laughs> so Lord. the conversation seems to continue into this carriage uh, because, you know, Alice is bound for Copenhagen, you know. So she's got to see London. All... Not yet. London. Not yet? Yeah. All right. Because remember, gonna... they got to go to London and see Vera. Oh, yeah. I was going to say she's going to see all her, you know, This girls. is you just wanting to fly to I Copenhagen. You're desperate for Copenhagen. For what I am. <laughs> she's, yes, yeah, she's got to see all her ladies and, you know, their developments. Uh, this one development in particular deals with um, uh, the creation of life, which was, I mean, a choice for Veer. Um, 
Oh wait, we're not the VRC though. No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just. Oh, I'm just talking about like the choices. The babies. But, yeah. Well, she chose hetness. So what's next? But a baby. Yeah. In those times, otherwise you're not being useful, are you? Right. Are right. you? Are you? How can you fulfill yourself, Terrence, if you're a woman without a child? <laughs> Haven't you read the like? Where's your purpose of propaganda? Life? No, you're right. Right. What are you doing? How are you finding happiness and joy and purpose without a child? Mm. There's an interesting conversation that takes place inside this carriage. Uh, I know where my mind shoots to, but that's more the middle of the conversation, and then a deleted scene. Mm-hmm. So I have to. Uh, well, okay. I hope you start. It starts with Anne Lister talking about booking a booking a room somewhere, somewhere. I don't want to say the Angel Inn in Oxford because I like to remember all the inns they stay in, just because I'm like gaycation. <laughs> I don't know; those I places mean, probably it, don't right. exist. But I'm or, just like, if they did, I would totally do a pilgrimage if all the Grubble stops. Could you imagine? Like, if they like, still existed, I'm like, I'm going every place there was a documented Grubble, and right. I'm going to light a candle. We're <laughs> not called there. the Ramada, but in days oh my past, in days we past. were once called the Angel Inn. Right? Oh, okay. So this is it. This is. A, could you show? me the room where <laughs> just, we're just gonna be we're just gonna be in there for like an hour it's not even can we rent this one hour how does this work no <laughs> what are you gonna do in there nothing it's history mm-hmm. and so it's when she's talking about that and Ann Lister is just trying to clearly just like move on and just like be cordial and like have it just be okay between them but Mariana is not having that because she interrupts her and she's like um perhaps you don't you don't get perhaps 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 bitch you don't understand what it is for me what this all means for me you don't you don't understand what what everything means with William dying like for me and Ann Lister's like okay so we're still we're still fighting and Ann Lister or rather Mariana has a lot of jaunt she has a lot of energy for the fact that she is going to be left completely in a lurch by her husband well yeah she's definitely considering what will become of the estate once her husband dies again 20 years from now but these are her present day ponderings where it's like well i mean at least with the the heir alive i knew that he would be the one to take care of me if once charles goes but you know now that he's gone the the you know, the means, the money probably left to some distant relative that, you know, could care less if I lived or died by the the money. And And this is such a coupley fight too, for as much as I hate to admit it, because, well, (laughs) it is though. It is a very coupley fight, which is why the scene is enjoyable to watch and well acted, extremely well acted by the two women. To me, it reminded me of, and I've known people like this, where you can be in an argument and then like you don't talk. And one of you, I would say like, I feel like it's me because I'm always trying to smooth things over and just like make everything better that I would be the one to be like, let me, I could bite it. I could eat it and just be like, let's move on. But some people interpret that, oh, you're speaking again. We're back on the fight. Don't let the silence confuse you. Don't let the silence make you think that I was done saying something because you stopped speaking. So I stopped speaking. So I was quiet. That's the feeling I got from Ariana that she was sitting quiet in that carriage. And Anne was writing her little notebook and she was like, uh-huh, writing a little notebook, writing a little notebook. That's cool. That's cool. And the minute Anne was like, oh, so I booked it through. She was like, oh, okay. So we're talking again. That means we're fighting again. Um, bitch. So Anne Walker, what's up with that? And uh, I mean, I actually really enjoy this scene, especially the deleted part for what we were talking about earlier, because it really, I think, gives some important insight into Mariana's struggle just as a person individually, apart from Anne Lister and just having her own issues and being a whole ass woman and not having agency in the way that Anne Lister does. And certainly Anne Walker. Because, well, Ann Walker got bread and Mariana doesn't have anything that is hers except her bonnets. And even then, Uh, Charles would be like, "Um, (laughs) I'm repossessing those bonnets. I'm repurposing them for my newest wife. Oh, no, the Charles voice is back. Oh, God. My new wife loves bonnets. 
And Anne isn't even really listening at first because she's still fucking with her thermometer. She's like, I don't really like I don't even want to be in an argument right now, Mariana. I'm just I'm trying to check my thermometer. What is what is the temperature right now? And doesn't she even start to say some shit or she's reaching for the thermometer? And she thuds it against the roof to yeah. interrupt her again. And she's like, oh, uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to interrupt you. I'm just oh, that's what she says. She's like, oh, hey, do you think it's going to rain? <laughs> Uh, I was just musing about it in my journal. I was wondering what you thought. <laughs> Mariana, she's like, what I think is, what's going to happen to me when Charles dies? And on Charles' death, it was going to be William who I was dependent. Probably, more than likely, as the heir, which is why I was trying to be nice to him. Hmm. She didn't say that, but that's what I'm going to say. That's why she was being no, nice No, but literally, him. yeah. And then, of course, her feelings are wrapped around the fact that Ann Walker exists. And that that means that Ann Lister will be waiting for her in the wings 20 years from now when Charles does die and so of course Ann Lister would have and should have thoughts on oh so then what you expect me to do in this meantime in between time so I'm yours then but who's mine now it's not you it's not you so you just thinking that I'm gonna be some Actually, I don't know sexual non-deviant non-invalid I would even say not I'm yours you're mine because Ann Lister more than once was like I'm yours and she was like okay but I'm not yours not yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not yet not yet because i mean what's the point of marriage if that's not what's happening like what are we doing why are we getting married if that's not what it is i am yours you are mine it is mutual having not one has one and the other right. does not right and you know she's basically bitching about that and basically saying that you know she'll be left destitute because she doesn't feel like anyone in the family is going to put out for her she'll probably be dependent on some distant relative who will cut her off the quickest uh, turn that they're available to and i'm like well you probably should make nicer if that's what you're concerned about you probably should concern yourself with propriety at some point mariana uh, yes. and go to funerals but also i understand your plight and that is shitty so then let's say that you are voicing to Ann lister that you feel that the marriage that you're in is not lucrative or profitable and will not benefit you once your a husband kicks the bucket would it be so wrong for an analyst or type to say, then why are you in this marriage? Then if, it, if you don't see it benefiting you at all, why don't you not be in the marriage? She essentially does that in a sense because she's screaming like, well, I always thought I was coming to you, you when Charles died, like you. And now, now I have nothing. I'm destitute. And Anna's like, look, like, you know, I would always do anything in the world for you, anything. But you also put a stop to all this last year. And Mariana's like, what are you talking about? Last year, what? And she's like, oh, you forgot? You forgot when I <laughs> was coming back from Hastings, made a beeline for your ass, and I begged you, come on, let's sow our oats. Let's do it now. And you were like, nah, chill, chill. I can't leave Charles. <laughs> Ever. And of course, she tried to flip it on and said, no, but I tried to come and stay with you. And she's like, that no, is but, accurate. That was, but she was like, but that was when I just got Shimon Hall. Like, the timing was, was piss poor. But at least Mariana had a little point. Like, she made her little points, which is why I like the couple fight, because it's like, well, she did. She did do that. I mean, girl, you could have done it again. Girl, yeah, but, you could have you could have relaughed Charles again. But what, right. And then, but when I, yeah, she was like, you keep sending me back to Charles, is what Mariana <laughs> said. But she said, but when I was dealing with and trying to finalize um, the property that was Shipton Hall, um, you told me just a year ago um, that not only would you never not leave Charles, not now, no, ever. She's like, I didn't say that. Yeah, well, you did say that. Oh, well, maybe, like, oh, no, maybe you were being emotional. Well, I was emotional, not deaf. <laughs> no deaf. I was laughing. I do thoroughly enjoy this scene because it's so well acted. Because it's just how fights happen. 
you know, where some people just omit things they said and other people really remember what the fuck uh-huh. you said. They're like, I didn't say that harsh thing. Like, you said that harsh thing because it's literally scarred. It's burned into my psyche what you said. So don't fucking gaslight me right the fuck now, which is exactly what Mariana That's was doing. She was like, was. I said what? I did what? No, I didn't say that. It's like, girl, I think you don't realize you have a little bit of a mean streak in you when you are upset. And uh, maybe you're one of those types of people that does forget, that just lets the, the unflattering words fly and forgets half of them that comes out of their mouth. Uh-huh, because that's how little they meant, I oh, guess, shit. to you in the moment. Right. Versus how other people were Word, definitely perceive the, Right, yep. perceive the words. Yes, yes, so yes, exactly. So it's you and your word vomit getting you in trouble. And oh my God, that's so be true. Be mindful of it, uh, Lawton. Be mindful <laughs> of it. Yes, you're unhappy and you're living an unhappy life and you're an unhappy wife. Yes, but you don't have to spew your unhappiness at everything and everyone. And maybe that could also speak to the lack of propriety and you keeping up with appearances by surrounding yourself with the women in Charles's life. Right. Because maybe you're so unhappy that you're spitting your unhappiness into the faces of, like, his mother. So, like, she doesn't want to deal with any of that bullshit, which is why you feel like you're a little less secure with what you may end up with once Charles does die. And that has everything to do with... she's been turning up with Charles and his family right. this whole time. Right. <laughs> this whole fucking time. And she doesn't have an heir. And, you know, people looking bad on her for that just because of the sexism and all the rest. Right. Like, the, the one thing. You know what song <laughs> came to me, too, when I was watching this scene? Um, remember that old-ass song? I think it's by um, Meatloaf. And as a kid, it never made sense to me. And when I got older, I remember looking at the lyrics. I'm like, oh, I guess it kind of makes sense, but not really. But that song where he's like, I would do anything yes. for love. I would do anything for love. I would do anything for love. But, but I, I won't, won't do, do that. that. Yes. Like, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I was like, but what does that mean? Like, if you would do anything for love, but you won't do that, what does that mean? What's the that? Why? I mean, it's good to have hard nose and my heart no much which is fucked up and it takes her some time to then rethink about it and be like wait a minute die look, look, so look, that look, you look, would look, not look, be lonely look motherfucker i'm gonna get to scarborough like see look at me i'm getting angry because i'm thinking about <laughs> scarborough blackstone's edge if you guys could see me look it really comes down to this for me mariana and what ann lister was willing to accept for herself because that's all she thought was possible including i would say things that are damaging to her self-esteem and her own estimation of her own self-worth and how she would see herself because like i've said before if a if a lover or partner demands that you shrink yourself and be less just less whatever that is how 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 is that good for you it's not good it's not good and it literally took ann lister years with being mariana to and after because And initially in Blackstone Edge and Scarborough, it has to marinate for her. In that moment that it's happening, she's apologetic to a sense because, oh, I'm embarrassing you. Oh, I know you don't like this. I hate for people to gossip about you. I hate for you to be upset and bothered by the haters of Halifax. I know that it's my fault that this is happening. And she is deferring to this thing. This hoe actually said she would change everything about me to have a more feminine bitch. Like that, oh, it took time oh. for her to, it took time for her to let it sit. And I think that that's, that was her jaunty creeping back up because little things like that Mariana would do would break her down ultimately, psychologically, her self-esteem. And that was her building herself back up slowly with what is her natural jaunt or her optimism or whatever. And really thinking about it to be like, if you take pride in yourself, Ann Lister, and you're prideful as fuck, you believe that you are smart, that you are talented and all this shit. So how could you possibly sit and be okay with someone who would trade your cleverness and your intelligence and your mind, what is essentially you for a body and a person dressing more feminine? I mean, I'm sorry guys. I was just freezing here for a second because I was, I was thinking about it. It just, (sighs) In my mind, I keep seeing the reach and the grab for the hand. 
And then her asking, <laughs> her asking Mariana to just come away with her. No! Say, is what I see. I always scream every time that happens because it just hurts that she is still so willing and desperate to just give Mariana another opportunity to prove that she's not just full of shit. Right. That she can put her money where her mouth is. And she can't handle it because that, because she, because what happens at the end of this scene? She says that she does that and she, and, and Anne is confused, rightfully so. She's like, so what is this? What are you saying? That you want to live with me at Shipton? That you want to do this? So we're going to do this? Okay, we're going to, we're going to do it. All right. I've just been trying to get a wife for 20 years. I don't know. And Mariana is so fucked up for this because she's like, yes, yes. Pregnant pause, pregnant pause. Dies. When Charles dies. And See? it's like, God! No. Mariana. That's, that's not, no, that's not. Mariana. Mariana. And of course, Anna's like, get to, get your hand out right. of Right, that was um, good and terrible. Oh, so of course I'm supposed to wait for this sometimes, maybe, never event, right? This is what I'm supposed to do. And that's where we have the funny thermometer line where after they're fighting and she's like, I was like, what is that? Why'd you brought that? She's like, I, you know what? It's because I, because I need to take temperature. Right, like, it's who what I, do. I am, right? It's what I do. Have, have you met? ever seen a diary entry? And she has. And Lister has let Mariana read entry. So she would know that every fucking morning she's like, it's this time, this degree. This is what's happening. This is the weather. And so for her to be extra, I just think that was, like I said, she was trying to be combative because it seems like that's a thing for Mariana to just like, we're going to fight. Like she did later in the episode, like, let's fight right now. This is my full intention of talking with you right now is I want to argue. I'm not talking to you for any other real purpose than to get into a fight right now. I feel like she has that kind of energy. For everybody though. I think she does that with Charles. She's not happy. She's, she's not right. happy. She's not happy. And this is what's happening. And that's why they have that big table because Charles thought he would be hosting breakfast parties and things. And it's just the two of them because they find her insufferable. Oh my God. We did not mention that when she was like, you were like not now not ever and she mentions Vera Hobart and to be sure Mariana has a point <laughs> she has a point she was like it'd be thoroughly irresponsible of me when you were all over the place with your Miss Hobart and well and was pretty distraught about Vera Hobart so they gave Mariana her little tits for tats like like arguments always go there's half truths and real truths and things that people cop to but don't cop to and they gave us all of that in this scene but I feel that you having a relationship with someone else after a sacrament is, you know, that's 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 a challenging uphill point to make. But then to take an entirely different sacrament with an entirely different person, like it's supposed to override the other one. And then you claim to still be hers. Like, I don't you can't do that because in the eyes of God. <laughs> God said, oh, you're with Charles. That's what that's what, as far as God is concerned, you're married to Charles. So there is no marriage to end. Yeah. So it's a yeah, it's it's fucked up. And because Mariana is so cavalier with her insults, she doesn't really get like how many things she said until she's reminded of it, I guess. That was like, oh, that's fucking hurtful. Some people fixate on that motherfucking shit. And then, you know, when Anne is upset about the thermometer, she's like, it's not illegal. And Mariana's just like, you're ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry that made me laugh because Ann Lister is ridiculous, but still Mariana, like, you're ridiculous too, quite frankly. And then we have like this deleted scene. I mean, this scene sort of ends after the brouhaha about the thermometer and Ann Lister saying that she's bringing up poor memories and Mariana just trying to point out her side of the story. But it seems to me it would be easy for Ann Lister to pop off at the thing because this type of sentiment of what they argue about would be like many years in the making, like constant right. issues popping up around this central theme of shame and embarrassment and propriety. And so maybe her being over the top of the thermometer was just too much for her. She's like, this is just too much jaunt. Even though she would have to know about the thermometer. It was the Ann Walker thing. 
setting her off in the rant. But I think ultimately, like with Mariana saying, why have you brought that? It's indicating a, a greater trigger, which is Anne Lister being odd. And she says things later in the episode like, oh, what if they think you're just some sort of politics, some novelty act, that that's going to be a sore point for Anne Lister. That's going to be something that when Mariana brings it up, she's not going to like it because you have brought it up several times and it's not gone very nicely for her. So that I think that even though she probably wasn't trying to be a total bitch when she was like, why'd you bring the thermometer? For Anne Lister, it's like, here you go again, pointing out things about me that you think are weird and why can't you just let me live why can't i just have my thermometer without you saying some side some sideways shit about it why can't you just understand that i need some things like a thermometer embrace and just leave me the fuck alone about right. it and let's move on so even though the american scene ends with and just shaking her head like why did i even bother with this leg of the trip what was i thinking inviting mariana the extended scene has mariana saying some lines about her being worldly in response to Anne lister calling her worldly and being like well at least Anne walker isn't worldly like you are and mariana's like well she hasn't had to be and neither have you quite frankly because you don't know what it is to be reliant on men you don't know what it is to have to depend on men for everything and Anne was like, me? Me? I don't know what it is. Don't you remember? Like, I didn't always have shipped in. I was completely reliant upon my father and my family members. So what the fuck? And she was like, yeah, but no, you were never like me. You weren't pimped out by your fucking dad because he had five daughters. And he was like, I need to get these bitches off of my income. I need them elsewhere right. with a dude. And they need to be bringing something in. And I think that, like I've said to you separately, that Mariana... She, for me personally, like I said, who knows if Mariana was gay or bisexual, queer, bisexual, whatever, homoromantic, we don't know. But what I think I do know, without a shadow of a doubt, is that she wasn't trying to fuck Charles. Fucking Charles was not on her list of things she wanted to do ever. And if she had to do it, when she did have to do it, it was horrible and probably within the realm, within the world of sexual assault in terms of what went on there. And so for me personally, just looking at a woman like that independently and what she would be going through, that is something that would lead to a, a really a different type of person. And fundamentally, the woman that Mariana was prior to marrying Charles and having to subjugate herself to his wrinkly dick, she might have had more optimism. But I think that it's very real that if you just isolate and focus on Mariana's story and what she could have been going through in the day to day dealing with that motherfucker, that something died every day. Every day she had to get into that bed with Charles, something got a little bit more dead, something got a little bit more indifferent, something got a little bit more cold and or maybe cynical, less believing that this other thing is possible, yeah. as Anne would say, of the romantic mind. And I completely understand that. That is a form of self-protection in the only way that you can do it, where you try to protect your psyche by saying, well, you know what? I'm just going to care less. I'm not going to fully go into this because it's not safe. And for Mariana's part, and what she seems to express in that short or rather extended soliloquy is that she's only had herself. That's what she says. She's like, you don't know what it is to be me by myself, constantly depending on people. You don't know what it is to just be alone, alone alone in the situation. And I feel like in that moment, she was trying to communicate that Anne Lister has never been able to relate to her on that level. And instead it's just judged her. And for their relationship, it's not gone well. I'm going, like Anne Lister says later in the episode, we've all made mistakes. We could have made different choices, better choices in different times, but we are where we are. Same thing, that Anne Lister probably said some shit and did some shit that got Mariana feeling away and fucked up that then compounded into more ripples and ripples and ripples effects. And then you just have this overblown toxic relationship that now too many things yeah. have happened. Like Steph said, too much water under the bridge, uh -huh. too much damaged shit, too much baggage, too many broken hearts and promises and whatever that it just can't be this thing that's not infected by other stuff. And so I feel for Mariana because I really do understand her perspective, but 
that also means that I see Mariana as someone who is a survivor and that she's taking care of herself. She's like me first because no one else is looking out for me. Like they should be, I feel like. So it's going to be me. My dad's a loser. My mom's not really doing it. Fuck Charles and can't do it. She doesn't have the power. So I need to make sure I'm good. So I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make sure I'm good. If I got to marry this motherfucker, I'm going to marry this motherfucker. If I have to promise this person over here, I will promise this person. If I have to make up to this one, I will do it. I just need to make sure that I'm good because I'm not confident that anyone else will actually do it for me. So that's my mini Mariana hot take for the empathetic side, because I do think that I don't think that you can get to someone that obviously what Ann Lister saw in her that was fun and attractive was real. But the person she became as Ann chronicles in her diaries over the years and their relationship to one another and how they related to one another, it went down. I know it's me in the hot seat. I don't I don't like Mariana definitely felt like she was putting Ann Lister in some sort of hot seat by bringing up Ann Walker to her face as if to say, you know, you've, you've, uh, this is a transgression against our sacred union. And, and it's like, you, you need to pay dearly for the things that you have done, how you've besmirched our, our, you know, sacrament mm -hmm. as if her deeds are not also violating of the version of the sacrament that she took on her own like the the joys of of watching them fight on putting that appeared equal was how they both definitely didn't look like they were saying they were speaking the same language but they weren't basing it off of the same things so well yeah two different interpretations of the same situation certainly with the with the fights there's a line i want to say but i don't think it happened here where she's saying things about do you know what it was like for me to, to walk around with you looking like that? I know that's. Uh, I know that wasn't here. I know it wasn't here. You're stuck on that? That's at the I end. am. <laughs> I am. And so I'm just like trying to reserve. All right. We will get closer to there by going to the next scene, which is cutting to our precious baby gay sat and alone in Scotland again, because that's what we do this whole episode until the horrible thing at the end. Uh, is this her in the windowsill or. Is this... I feel like she... I was calling her low drooping sleeves of thirst, captivity sleeves, because that's what they felt like. I think this is when she is in this, what looks to be a forced social situation. Got it. And she's sitting there in that, like, pale pink or... And, like, her sleeves just... Everything about her, her posture, her face, her hair, just everything felt like it was drooping intentionally. And, I mean, I always assume that production oh! had something... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I know where we are. She's just sitting there. She's just sitting... Right. A right. great kindness. Right. If you were to, damn it. They're forcing her into a social situation with horrible heads. And because Sally Wainwright likes to knock the wind out of her audience like a boxer. The first thing we see when we open up is elderly Mrs. Sutherland rocking a baby. Whatever baby that Elizabeth had earlier. <laughs> giving her a two minute break for her sanity, I hope. And then the captain comes in talking about how he set up a dinner for his nephew. And his mom. And that it would be a great kindness if she came to dinner. And we're like, ew. Ew. And what is with Ben? Eye contact Why with are men? Elizabeth and Elizabeth's like she's like, please talking. We talked about it. We talked about this. Just say yes. Just say yes. And basically, Ann Walker shrugs like whatever. Like right, it doesn't even matter what I say. Doesn't matter what I want. No one gives a fuck. So sure, I'm not here for treatment. You really just kidnapped me for no real reason. I don't like it here. I want to go home. Was her feelings? Mm -hmm. She didn't get to say those things. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, to be sure, her sister doesn't seem thrilled by it, just trapped by the patriarchy. 
and hoping her sister can just, for lack of a better term, come to heal, which I don't like that term, but that's also what jumped into my mind because that's what these men want. They're like, can you just obey? Can you just do as you're told? Can you just? And of course he's obtuse or he doesn't care because he's just like, oh, good, great, good. It's settled, great, good. And it's like, can you read the room? Do you not see these faces? Jeez. And so now we cut back to, or not back to, but we are cutting to Anne and Mariana in a, another hotel room. Oh, joy. Oh, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's like one of those, you can cut the tension with a knife kind of thing. <laughs> oh, but you but can. it's so one-sided is uh, the part that kills uh, me. Like, and, whose oh fault God, is that? Oh, God. And it's totally one of those things of when you are feeling alone. And someone else is in the room. Like you're alone and lonely, but someone else is in the room. Is that not a perfect description for when we get back into this motherfucking Anne room and Anne is on one side, Mariana's on the other? But only one of them is lonely. Really? I think both of them are. You don't think Mariana and Anne are lonely? Well, I would say it's not. I would say that Mariana is lonely in the way that she wishes she held center stage. Okay. And center oh, right. focus. Right. Okay. Whereas Ann Lister's like, well, here's the time. Here's the weather. Here's the temperature. Still no word from my aunt about the favor that I asked her to do in regards to. <laughs> and at the same time, Ann has been like a week. It's been like a week. No. Right. But, <laughs> but I could actually see her that being her energy. Right. Totally, so it's like, it's sure. it could be lone. It's not, she's alone in a room with someone else in it versus Mariana's, she's lonely because. She doesn't have attention from anyone. Right. She's not being interacted with. She's like, hello. 100%. I I agree with that now that I'm meditating on it because that's accurate. Especially because their whole outlook on life and what it is for them right now, where it's completely sustainable (laughs) to Mariana, but it's not sustainable to Ann Lister. She's like, this is literally killing me from the inside out and I just can't. And that's why she gets all fussy and it's like, all right, time to pick a fight. (laughs) It's fight time. Hey, Mariana's always ready to fight. Over there. Over there. Reading and and writing and writing about the temperature and your stupid (laughs) thermometer. But you bring that anyway. Just dreaming about jaunting and (laughs) (sighs) You called me the wrong name last night. Oh, (laughs) shit! (laughs) Oh! Uh. Well, um... Has that happened to you in life? I'm, I'm sure it's happened to someone. Someone, yeah. I, it's never happened to me. I'm usually very focused in those matters, so I don't know that it could happen. But if it did, like in either way that I fucked up and I was like, oh, shit, Candace. Dofels for me and for whoever is in that situation. But also, um, like if it happened to me, like I, I would see mm, this is the kind of stuff that would affect my self-esteem. But in the most superficial and ridiculous ways, like right. it wouldn't be like, oh, Candace, are you important enough to be loved? It'd be like, wow. So you're trying to put your work in and you were really mistaken for another bitch. Candace. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Existential crisis. Right. So you're you're attributing these skills and these talents to, to another right. I'm that confusing. You can confuse me that easily with someone else like that would just put me. And my whole life, <laughs> I just already know it would be unnecessarily melodramatic for anyone who knew me at that time. <sighs> well, yes, let's continue with this ridiculous scene because it just gets worse. The scene starts and we hear church bells and we see Ann Lister sitting on a bed writing in her journal. Probably about all the bullshit gaslighting that just went down on that carriage ride. And she takes some tea and Mariana, who's all the way on the other side of the room, is doing what she does. But she's like, we're quiet. We're not talking. I would like to fight. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I came here to argue. I don't know about you. And she's like, so 
Are you just not speaking to me? Is that is that you're just not going to speak to me? Is that what we're doing? I know that you're pouting. I know that you're over there brooding and stuff because what you do is write and read. And I'm like, what she does in most situations is write and read, but also when she's brooding. So, yes, that's true. But I feel like this approach is passive aggressive and designed to get into Ann Lister's skin because why not just be direct? You with your reading and writing. Like, well, she's being passive aggressive. And it's because, I mean, this is just how I'm reading into Mariana personally that if you have someone who generally takes care of the emotional labor, as Ann Lister would do, partly because it was her personality, to go over, above, and beyond the cause to try to make sure a woman is comfortable, a woman is happy, a woman is pleased. But this to me is Mariana with her expectations of emotional labor, even though she does not deserve it. And she was very hurtful because she's sitting there and she's like, well, this should all be fine. We should be back to being copacetic but I'm going to agitate in this passive aggressive way oh so you're not going to talk to me you know you should apologize to me you know like she she it's the way she goes about it is not a way I I think someone should design their words in order to get a response that you want versus the response that she got and because she keeps pushing to Anne because she's mean she's rude and so she's like she's demanding that Anne put in more emotional labor because she's feeling away but at the same time she's being a, a bitch about it and she calls her out by you know, oh, you're either meaning or you're sulking when you do stuff like that. And maybe she's recalling her younger days in terms of when she would see Anne Wright. But that you should apologize to me took me all the way out. You know, you should apologize to me. Girl, what? <sighs> also asking yeah. for apologies like that. I don't. Um... I mean, I get like whatever that couple's communication course is, whatever. Like in some group therapy sessions, they want you to have these statements where it's like when you say I feel like so that the intention behind your aggressions, you you like in case things do fly off the handle, that they're not unannounced, that they're not um that they're not referenced to a a place where the person you're arguing with can see where things are coming from. So that way you could reach towards something more amicable as far as a compromise by being able to agree that, okay, I see where this veered you off. I see how this set you off, but these were my actual intentions. So those are tactics more so that people should use when they're actually <laughs> should use. looking for should use. some common ground. Uh, she just wanted to fight. That, she just wanted to fight. Everything about that came I feel like my first watch, I got up. You did, because we had to replay that scene again. I... And it's... The only thing I could potentially see being apologetic for, just because I would, is like using shut up. I don't think it's very polite to tell anyone to shut up. And so I feel like if I let that slip, I would apologize for that. But outside of that, um, what are we apologizing for? Because you certainly said some real nasty things out your mouth. Unless this is some mutual apologies for sorry that it got this intense. Sorry that it got this rude. Sorry that we exposed our drama to all of our servants sitting on the back because they could hear. Yes, they could. They could hear. Uh, But no, 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 no. She means something else. And Anne is basically like, nah, bitch, it's too late for that. We no, no apologies can be had. All the greatest hits of our worst memories are playing in my head right now. Right. And so, no, can't do that. Can't apologize. Sorry. And Mariana is like, uh, but what does that even mean? And it's like, you don't know. You don't know what memory she's talking about. Girl, what? And then furthermore, when Anne clarifies, she's like, oh, you know, um, Blackstone Edge, Scarborough, this time 10 years ago. Oh, dude, let's talk about Blackstone Edge. She's like, yes, yes, I'm still upset about it, too. I'm upset, too, Anne. Can you imagine? Do you know what I had to go through? Do you know what I had to go through? The miseries, the agonies of people seeing you and me together. The miseries, people talking behind my back, Anne. I I was so done. Yeah, you were were done. 
Because literally what this unveiled to me, to me, and then, you know, this could not be what everyone got from this scene, but it unveiled to me, okay, so this is how you really feel about Ann Lister. This is, this is how you've always felt. So this, these are the things that you tolerated to continue having grubbles. So what you are in love with is not Ann Lister the woman. You're in love with uh, the skillful... Uh, nature of her you know uh, her oddities you love that she knows how to please you love that she is attentive you love she definitely loves that right but you don't love everything else that makes Aunt Lister and Lister you're you're you don't love hanging on to uh, the words that she says when she's in mixed company you don't love her politics you don't love her you don't love Do how she like dresses no. right like you don't love right she doesn't love any of that I, I, I don't see her as being someone who's who likes any tangible aspect actually you know i think this is a fine moment to interject that snippet we have from when we were recording for the patreon oh right right you guys terrence got so emotional but honestly how can anyone be watching this horrifically triggering episode with mariana and not get emotional especially emotional the first time and you had some really beautiful words for the listening audience but especially the young queers out there that might be dealing with motherfucking marianas in some shade or another right and um this is just a reminder in case um you would rather not wait for random snippets to drop on the regular feed you could uh (laughs) Take a quick listen and sub to our Patreon so you can get more additional footage that we put out in six between pence. episodes. <laughs> Just six pence. As you can see, Ladies there's, and <laughs> there's some else. hiatus. It <laughs> appears when you're not on our Patreon because we definitely do updates there for while we're waiting. So Yeah, here. it just happens like there's, I mean, especially as we've gotten to the end, everything has gotten so heavy and emotional. We have our own separate private and jaunty discussions. And then like just it has been more arduous getting to the task. But we do put lots of thoughts and things and things and a whole bunch of other randomness onto our Patreon for updates and such and such. But yeah, here's this clip, guys. Yes. So it sounds like you don't want Ann Lister because you're basically almost demanding that she's not who she is. To pacify Literally. you. Like, I don't have time for that. And, and baby gays, if, 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 there, if there are any baby gays listening, if someone is telling you that they could love you if you would just give up on everything that you are, cut them out of your life immediately because you deserve to be every ounce of you with every ounce of your jaunt as bold and as loud as oh it God, deserves save to for be the baby gaze on insta um yeah i don't know if me, we have I'm any gonna, baby gaze on. yeah just because that just that took me to like a terrible terrible space but definitely if you're a baby gay and you're out there and you think that you almost have a handle on love and the only thing you have to change is literally everything that makes you you uh kick them to the fucking kick curb you don't have curb. you you, you you deserve so much more than that. The world is so much bigger than that. So, I mean, you don't need that kind of energy in your life, regardless of where it's coming from. Uh, blood relatives to the potential, potential interest. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, because someone out there is going to definitely love every ounce of your natural jaunt. So just be really yourself and be do yourself, your thing. And then, you know yourself. what? That Let the vapor spread, which is what we keep saying, but let the vapor spread and you, you'll be surprised animes who will come out and and just will be in your clan and your crew and your 
the family that you will cultivate just from being you. You'll all support each other into achieving things that you would not even know is possible. So, I mean, hold out for the better. Don't 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 settle for for any of that nonsense. Don't settle for a Mariana. Right. Oh God, Mariana. Sorry, but she's, no, no. Like it's accurate. I'm. This is like I, I we did the Dolefuls episode already, but like these tears are streaming, and I'm just full of they're angry. They're angry tears. I don't have, I don't have the space for anyone like her especially Yo, shit, without honor like it fucks you up because i mean if you've if you ever had anything adjacent to what ann lister's going through you can't help but be triggered yeah like, no. it does, it's something that yeah. has like you can't like it's how are you not supposed to be and we're back from the clip <laughs> <laughs> wow wow indeed i oh, gosh mariana and there's still so much more to talk about in regards oh to this my episode. God. So much. I mean, <laughs> we knew, you guys knew, everyone knew, but still here we are with hours and hours. I had I had no idea, but the fact that I have all this energy, I mean, at first I was like, well, I wonder why you know, everybody treats me with this name, Mariana, <laughs> certain way. And then here I am, here I am, here I stand with all of this smoke. And it's like, yeah. I would love to give you an opportunity to redeem yourself, but you, at this point, I mean, I don't know if I would want to listen to you. Mariana's my Kalisto. She's my Kalisto. Like, I don't believe truly that any person, especially woman, is completely beyond, like, beyond just bringing them back into something. But like a Callisto, it's gonna take a lot. Oh, yeah. A lot has gone down. There have been murders. There have been all kinds of shit. And that's how I feel about Mariana, where it's like, Mariana, you out there in the sticks. Okay? Like Callisto. But, you know, I'd still try to save your ass from hell, I guess, just for the sake of womanhood and all that shit. But, yeah, no, you're right. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a hard road. To Mariana, but that's also why my side Mariana project of other things that I'm trying to do in relation to just like what has been birthed from discovering Gentleman Jack, because I feel like, I mean, I kind of feel this way about all the women who Anne talked about and met is that we're so lucky that she was such a copious diary keeper, but at the same time, she opened up these worlds of other women that we will never fully know completely the way that we know Anne Lister. And even then we don't know her completely because there's still a lot of stuff that can be left open to interpretation and things of that yeah. nature. But I mean, women are always going to be especially fascinating to me. And especially in this time where you have just these layers of awareness and I won't say self-hate, but it is, you know, just different things that are interplaying with each other where you have this extreme confidence, but then also this extreme insecurity and something that seems so bold, but something else that's like completely opposite from being bold. And they're all living together in this same world. It's a lot. It's so much. <sighs> but let's return back to the scene we were in. Motherfucking Mariana and her goddamn miseries. Oh, don't make me go back there. You're back. You're here. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, do you know how much I suffered? Right. This is what I was going to say is that that in and of itself is horrible because even if, you know, we can say whatever about Mariana and her feelings, the her need to immediately and so intensely invalidate Ann Lister's feelings and perspective on the subject 10 years after the fact, even still, is what got me fucked up. Is that not only is she saying, excuse me, 
first of all, your narrative doesn't matter. Mine does. And this is actually what's the bigger problem. Me, me. Think about how I suffered. And it's like, girl, then, then, then you said you suffered. Then you made it a big deal. Had Anne and the fucking Dofos feeling shitty about her fucking self. And now you're making it about you again. You've already upset her. I would just think just like if that's a couple situation or that's your lover, quid pro quo, like you just give a little to get a little. Like right. you just turned like, down you a little. You turned down a little in the interest of cordiality and just maybe having a nice time and she cannot she's like she fundamentally can't fucking stop herself she has to say these things she has to get under Anne's skin because she's so freaking unsatisfied with everything except maybe 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 the grubble it's almost as if she knows that the only thing that makes her interesting is Anne Lister um, it's just almost as if she knows because she definitely was like do you know how many you. yes do you know how many times I've been disinvited to things like she was like I wasn't the, you weren't the only one who suffered for your your gent like uh, jaunt uh, throughout all of the towns when we were like hanging out together you know even the post what did she say the poster boy or the, the the newsboy was like is that a man referring to yeah Anderson. we'll be covering that in the in the nightcaps but yeah she I just don't know how, especially for what we'll cover the nightcap, how she can acknowledge how badly she hurt Ann Lister in these moments and still be such a jerk because she is like, my feelings are more important right now. My And maybe that's her, her treating Ann Lister like she doesn't have real feelings. You know what I mean? Like, oh, she's so strong. She could take anything and I can just say whatever the fuck I want to her. But also, how could you believe that when Ann cries all the time and she has cried in front of you several times? <laughs> so that can't all, that can't be true. That can't be what is thought of. Like, yes, I'm a mean girl. I get it. And you know what? People don't want to hang out with me because I'm mean. I get that too. But I have to tell someone about what I'm going through and you're the one. So deal with me saying these things in this manner. And, you know apologize for making me think that for once that something could have been my fault how dare you because that's not what i spend all this money for therapy and grubbles for right she continues like the way you used to look the way you used to dress everyone whispering behind your back and how masculine you were i was snubbed too just for being seen with you i mean at least nowadays you do try and look a little like a lady but then good lord so what you're saying is face I personally would have been like, see, you think that you were being snubbed because you were seen with me, but I think it had everything to do with your demeanor, your attitude, and, you know. Everything. But it didn't. But it so clearly didn't. Like, that's what I mean, though. It so clearly didn't. It was actual snubs, especially with the way the British be carrying on with their ridiculous politeness, even when they hate each other. If fucking Elder Ann Walker could go in there and so be like, I'm Miss Lista. If motherfucking Delia... Delia Rawson's mother yeah. could be like, Miss Lister. Then for someone to approach Mariana and Anne and ignore Anne entirely, like you have to understand, especially someone at Anne Station, that is like, that is a complete and total violation of all things that are supposed to be polite and proper right. in proper society. And so for Mariana to co-sign that behavior right. and tolerate it and not shun those same people that separately them together were like, oh, fuck those people. But okay, now you're married. Now you're hanging out with different circles and now you're not like fuck those people. Now you're tolerating those people who made me feel like shit and are still isolating me and talking badly about me. So I, I can't. I think it's both. Like she has internalized homophobia, but then also just like the resentment of... I think a personality like Ann Lister, which she obviously found attractive to some degree, but also resented at the same time. Like I resent your freedom. Right. I you resent your zero fucks to you give. Are. Right. I resent how jaunty you are. I resent the fact that you can just go here with these people and not see yourself as an oddity or free or whatever, because that's what you are. And it's like, ah! 
Mariana, Mariana, I know that's what you think. I know that's what you think, girl. I know what you think because you think that about yourself in a certain way. And I'm sorry that you need to project those horrible things outwards. And I love that Anne pretty much said that to that effect because she sat with what she heard. Wait. Well, no, she didn't. That, that's, no, she didn't. That's, that's later That's on. later. I know. That's later. <laughs> no, she didn't. That's later on. Anne looks mortified. Anne looks like she's about to cry. Anne looks like she's right back at those places where she was crying then because Mariana hurt her feelings and she barely can get it out where she was like, well, what was the fucking point? Everything Mariana basically just said will make you feel like I wasted my time with you. Right. What was the point? I was just miserable. I, I guess, okay, the kisses were okay, but ugh, everything else was a bore. So how are you, how is this, how are you supposed to feel good as Anne Lister? How are you even supposed to be jaunty in that moment when Mariana says those cruel and hurtful things which is why she's like well I guess I don't even know why you bothered with me and then Mariana has a piece of empathy she actually turns to look at Ann Lister's face and she's like oh I guess well that really got to her and it's like well that's what you were trying to do Mariana yes, you, you were, were trying to get in her skin and yeah. now you're doing that thing people do where you hurt someone real bad then you feel bad but you already did it but you fucking did it and you can't take it back and then she tries to go to her and be like oh listen oh okay look look okay I know that sounded fucked up but it's not as fucked up as it sounded I mean maybe as fucked that, but let me just try to soften it you know she's like oh but I do love you more than your little Miss Walker ever could and lord I could have ran through a cement wall when she read that like the fucking Kool-Aid man <laughs> I was so right. upset I was so upset because really really and think about poor Ann Lister. And even, even in that moment where she's like, what if we, she makes another plea, another another begging moment for like her to come deliver Shipton. And Mariana in that moment, no, she's going to say no. As later, she's like, oh, I, I didn't think you were serious. And Anne can't even deal with another no. Because I feel like subconsciously you have to know, right? Like you have to know she's going to say no because what are we doing? Because she's like, don't answer now. Think about it. Think about it because I don't even want, I'm trying to end this on a happy note. So let me end with my delusions that you're going to think about it actually, that you're going to consider it actually when we know for Mariana later, she never considered it. It was right. never a consideration. It was just a way to end the fight and get back to cuddles and not be upset and angry anymore. And um, Mariana, how can you say this about Ann Walker? Because think about what she said. And I don't care what anyone says about you. How, Mariana? How? Don't you realize Ann Lister's had both now? She was shocked then when Ann Walker was like, bitch, I don't care. I, I'm giving right. you the letter because I just want you to know I don't give a fuck what anyone says. I chased you in the brace. But um, Mariana in that same time period, 10 years back, 10 years back is when Ann Walker was 19 years old. 10 years back is when Ann Walker chased motherfucking Ann Lister down because she was so goddamn thirsty. She had to probably rambling if we take Sophie Rundle's interpretation. I mean, you were walking and I was, I mean, I, okay, so, um, I know that people like tea. Like, we're, we're, mm -hmm. this, are you busy? Um, hi. Like, I just, yep. like, she would have been a mess. And Ann Lister obviously tickled because she wrote about her diary like, oh, look at this cutie. I could totally if I wanted to, but she was stuck in that Mariana shit. Do you mean to tell me in that same window that you have Thirsty Ann Walker completely enamored visually with Ann Lister? She's like, visually, this is the content I'd like to see. And Mariana is talking about the same exact time period. And she's like, but what about me? What about how I suffer? What about me having to be seen with you? I mean, my God, at least you dress more feminine now. And it's like, and just think about all the people that had to deal with energy like that. Growing up, as jaunty as fuck gays and somebody in your fucking ear about, isn't that, isn't that too gay? Though? Right. That's isn't that too like, gay? Yeah. Can't you pull it back, queer? Aren't you being too queer? What's wrong with you? Which is really, I really, I can't deal with Mariana in this, in this, in this way because she really upsets me. And she completely scarred and marked Ann Lister's psyche without a doubt with that stuff or else she wouldn't keep bringing it up 10 years after the fact.
to be like, actually, that really hurt me. <laughs> actually, that remains. Actually, when I think back to what are the worst moments in my life, Scarborough, Blackstone Edge, they come out. So I'm going to just say that I feel like this is Thren. Right. So I was giving my I was giving uh, Saran Jones a round of applause. Oh, yes. For all those layers and levels she gave Dan Lister in that scene. Like what? Is this how you is this how you feel, Mariana? So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to double up on my jaunty schedule. That's what I'm going to do. That's why I feel like it's like, you know what? I'm just going to make sure I, I'm jaunting in this moment like I've never jaunted before. And I'm just going to fill my calendar with moments and events. And you know what? If you can keep up, do do keep up. But if you can't keep up, then, you know, I just, just don't know how you love a bitch more the miss walker went are you giving gifts out here are you out here like with a thirst of sleeves are you out here saying i love you and a bitch near queer two seconds i love you <laughs> i would do anything for you like i just mariana the assumption she makes in this episode has her looking like such a fool and lister had to leave her alone because you can't be with somebody that wrong and that loud <laughs> like mariana was really loud yeah and really really wrong yeah really wrong because she thought ann walker was a vera hobart and she couldn't be more mistaken with all that gay thirst man keen she was the furthest away from Vera. we'll get there because i keep wanting to go there but that's for part three you know i just have questions for mariana like i just how many times have you asked if she was okay how many times have you just given gifts and how many times have you apologized just just how many times have you uh, she's not have it's you? not in her nature i i've i mean she's She's like, uh, I, if I had to, I don't know how to really classify her based on what I was shown in episode seven, but uh, it's like a piece of, no, no, no. Cause then that's just me throwing, like, I know what I'm doing, what, what I'm using to compare, but it would be sort of unfair to taint those characterizations because at least deep down in both of those, there was actual sincerity to be found. Right. In the midst of all the mire. So, like, there's... As at present, there has not been a moment for me to see Mariana <laughs> actually be honest about anything. I think she was honest in the carriage when she was talking about being worldly. I think she was being honest about her miseries and agonies. I think that is the problem. She's too honest. That she's not the type of person... You know, like, where Ann Lister was like, let me not be honest in this way to Ann Walker because I don't seek to maliciously hurt her. I don't seek to just have her on the dolefuls because I can. I'm going to word it in a different way. I'm going to say it in a different way. I'm going to be careful about how I phrase this. Where Mariana just lets it fucking fly. I feel this, bleh, like you said, word vomit. Yeah, she spits it out vomit. and maybe half the time she regrets what she says, but you're still saying it, girl. And then you keep repeating the pattern of just letting words fly from your fucking mouth and then later being like, oh, was that hurtful? Oh, did that go too far? Oh, did that make you cry? I was so obsessed with getting a reaction from you that now that I've completely gone under your skin and triggered a very sensitive, an old wound like a scar, just like jiggering up the scab of the scar, like that scar over a Blackstone Edge. She took a fucking ice pick and she was like, get that scab off. And Ann Lister was like, wow. Because as far as I can tell, there are no other times really that compare outside of maybe familial deaths or something. And not even then when certain people die in her family, she was like, I don't really feel as much sadness as maybe I should feel. I'm more concerned with like business. I know I'm somewhere in the realm of, she's looking for someone to shoulder, shoulder the responsibility of her, her, of her honesty as far as like why she's unhappy and that she's been unhappy most of her life. Like it's someone else's fault. But you know, like honesty, I mean, some people can just be honest in the wrong way. And by that, I mean, just like um, careless. And I suppose 
you could argue, well, I'm being honest. And so, but I think it's kind of not nice to be careless with people's feelings if you can help it. And I just feel like Mariana is extremely careless with Ann Lister's feelings. And for whatever reason, any number of reasons that are totally valid to her, why she prioritizes herself, that is what she does. She prioritizes herself, her feelings, her sense of pride or value or what is right, what is proper. And she does not value Anne's more than her own's. And I've said that I'm not necessarily suggesting that people should do that, that you should put other people first. I'm just saying there are some people out there that are more selfish than others. There are some people out there who are more like wild to the wind. And that's Mariana where she's like, oh, I feel this. It's coming out of my mouth. Your funny little friend. Like that was harsh. That was dark. That was dirty. Uh, I could have yeah. fought Mariana off that. Because I mean, that's like calling Ann Walker an invalid, and don't you dare. Right, because everything leading up to that moment was, oh, you spoke to you spoke to my brother about me? And <laughs> then, true. yeah, so she was like, oh. So at first, her being talked about to her family was like, oh, well, you're trying to get information that you were afraid to ask me or whatever. But then it was like, well, then why were you even there to see him? And then knowing what her brother does for a living. Right. And compounding that meaning with the fact that, you know, something may not be quite right with Ann Walker because you don't need that type of doctor just willy-nilly. That's You need that doctor when there's a special reason. But also she need... would know it's a small fucking town out there in them streets. Ann Walker, I guess. <laughs> Unfortunately, her name was out there in the gossip and people were being mean to her and making assumptions about her sanity and her strength, which you would just hope less women would buy into that shit. Like yeah. you would know that men are on their fuck shit. You wouldn't say it, but I'm not even going to say that Mariana doesn't know that I'm saying Mariana was trying to hurt and Lister. And that's what bothers me about her is that she intentionally repeatedly tries to hurt and Lister. It's petty. Maybe it's justified. Maybe she's acting out, but she's still doing it. She's still doing it. And there are other women that we see in Lister's lives and they don't all act this way. They don't all go outward with pain and violence emotionally to be like, well, well, deal with it because i'm upset okay i'm sorry okay well you know it's not a big deal but it's like you can't how many times are you supposed to stab somebody where they're like i've lost all the blood i can lose i i'm just an empty sack and it destroyed me so like here's the thing like i've I recently went to I, I don't want to call it an ethics or sensitivity training but ultimately it is okay. what it was um and it speaks on how um depending on the type of degree of insult it's you can compare it to like an aggressive mosquito in like the heat oh. where like okay there's a mosquito that bit you you barely noticed it when it happened but there's like an effect afterwards there's this rain right, right. this rash so at some point you know at mosquito 100 you know that might be the time where you choose as a as a vessel to be like i'm tired of this behavior even if it's a hundred different mosquitoes or one mosquito doing it a hundred different times. You are right. now looking for the antihistamines. You are looking for the off. You look for the spray. You're looking now to combat that bite that is going to come because you've decided that you don't want to just sit there and just take it. So it, it's true. It's really true. And I mean, I do like that in that moment towards the end of the scene. It's so obvious that Ann Lister wants to kiss uh, Mariana, but she does not. And I suppose there could be a couple of reasons why they went that route or who knows exactly. Maybe we'll see more clues in the script. What direction, what direction was given to Saran? But this might be something that she took from the historians and things and then leaning into in terms of how intimacy was missing and what was there had altered itself from previous visions of what it would look like between Mariana and Anne. And certainly kissing someone is a certain degree of vulnerability. Like we saw their first love scene in the first episode. They weren't even facing each other. And that's right. 
definitely going to be less intimate than looking a bitch in her eyeball to be like, oh, hey, what's going on over here? And so I feel like this is like that. There would be a number of reasons Ann Lister would reach for a kiss in that moment. She's hurt. She's vulnerable. Like, who doesn't want to, like, feel closeness or reassurance in that moment? But at the same time, Mariana's dangerous. Mariana is deadly in some senses to let, to go back there if you're Ann Lister because she was so fucked up by the grubble. I mean, we know that we've talked about in the group of confessions that if there's one thing that we can definitely tell about Mariana and Ann Lister is that they too were sexually compatible or Mariana. I mean, I just said straight up Mariana was great in bed because even though she wasn't putting any work in, like she basically did what I would consider dirty talk. And you think that she learned it with someone else. I or maybe yes. tried it out with someone else. And who who's to be sure? From what I can tell, it seemed like Mariana was aware of queerness when she met Ann Lister. And I guess we'll never really know all the super fresh details because the diaries don't exist from that point. But if we go with this idea that Ann embarked on her queer sexvolution around 15 or so because she was in proximity to a gal. And as we said, boarding schools, Catholic schools, anybody who went okay. to a boarding school, Catholic school, private school, I got you know chapters. that they are hotbeds right. for sapphic behavior. I don't know why. These schools keep on doing it and not expecting girls to hook up with girls. But it is, it is a shit show. I tell you, I've not known a single school where people are sleeping there or they're going there and it is private or it is all girl. And there is not a plenty. Um, Jaunting. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some Amazon. Amazon. Okay. <laughs> Amazon so, behavior so. happening. Multiple grubbles. Yes. And everything's fine because there's no risks for pregnancy. So especially Catholic schools. <laughs> Let me not. <laughs> I, I, will, some schools on I blast. will double I name and triple down and say that the idea of a finishing school, it didn't come out of thin air. <laughs> Somebody wanted a playground. It's like being at the nunnery. Right. I maintain that you can't put that many broads in a space. And just with the law of probability for queerness and not have a grubble come forth. Especially, it's impossible! Like, you think of internal chemistry and all these chemicals. Uh, you're trying to bounce <laughs> your pH and just serotonin and, mm -hmm. and adrenaline and you know sometimes a bitch don't know what she wants right. so she see what she wants and so right. when you have a bunch of bitches together what the heads don't realize they're doing is they're increasing the ratio same with men they increase the ratio of likelihood that attraction will form itself in birth it's like when my friend went to the navy to serve and be gay and he did both excellently let me just say <laughs> I won't say his name, but you know, the Navy can be pretty gay, you guys. I'm uh, just, just yeah. going to say. I was more I'm just, I'm just into gay. aviation and maybe Air Force. That was my. That was Me my, too. I was in the Air Force RTC. Yeah. Um, flying planes is cool. And I, and when I look back, I'm like, God, was that really queer? Like, I, you know, where some stuff were like, I mean, I knew I was queer, like from a young age, very young age. But at the same time, you look back on some of yourself, some things you did, and you're like, oh, that was. <laughs> I think I have some of those too, where it's like, <laughs> in the moment, I didn't think I didn't think that it was. Someone had to tell me that it was queer, and I was like, no, no, I like just... me building stuff with wood. <laughs> right? Like, no, no, this is just my a hobby. Lot of this structures. is the things that I like to do. No, but this is a gay. They're thing like, to also, do. that's gay. In case you didn't know, like, but it's pretty fucking gay. You know, no one had to tell me to like the golden age, quite frankly, and that was before I knew about the sewing circle and. <laughs> I, all I did was confirm my own things that I had while watching certain films and you find certain books and they tell you about certain things that probably went down in Hollywood between the ladies and you're like, oh, I see. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. was that gaydar really going off? It was pinging hard when I was watching that fucking film. Uh, Hollywood, I challenge you one day to make the suing circle. I know it would be controversial. I know there would be some names in there that some people, some hats would not be willing to accept or want to hear that they likely were queer too or had a fucking jaunt. 
uh, with someone. But I'm just saying me, me. Find some CW I'm actors who I'm are waiting. not afraid to have their uh, oh, image my. tarnished. First of all, <laughs> I'm about to kick you the fuck out. Did you say CW actors? Listen, absolutely not. Who's... Absolutely not. No. You look mm. like, OK, so and this is completely off topic, but like Gal Gadot. Is I think she's producing that film about Hedy Lamar, so she is living up to the name of bombshell bitch who was also a goddamn genius. Terrence, if we're gonna have people out here playing Marlene Dietrich and Greta goddamn Garbo, don't give me the CW. I mean, no disrespect, but also just a little bit the yeah. CW because you don't have the range. Right. All right. Well, I guess maybe we should like make a clear distinction too between like just like those studio writers and producers because like we need cussing and range and complication. And I'm just not sure. But that's what we're getting. Yeah, that's right not now. the that's not this the CW way. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm watching Supergirl. We're watching Supergirl in Black Lightning, but also but also y'all know. If you if you too are watching these things, y'all know. But don't don't do this to me. I see. Don't don't give me the CW. They, if they do that, like I think I would actually pick it and riot. Because if they were like, We're making the Suicide Circle, it's on the CW, something's gonna happen. Like I'm Oh, you mean like I'm, me? Yeah, I'm gonna do, I'm a do terrorism. Where I was like, <laughs> what does that say? I was oh, like, you guys, Dickinson. Terrence saw that Dickinson, Dickinson? thing and he lost his shit. <laughs> She's like, no, no, it's for the babies. For the babies! <laughs> <laughs> it is for the babies. And I hope the young ones are watching Emily Dickinson and I hope they're seeing how queer she was and reading her poetry if they've not ever because there are some pretty pretty gay pieces that she wrote so i think it's great i mean i don't know that i would be super into it because i could see myself fixating on what they're doing which is the sofia coppola shit which is like oh let's just modernize it and fuck the language because in the trailer i heard her say dude and i was like oh all right that's cute let's get them involved you know what i'm saying but at the same time i'm just i want them i want them to rediscover emily dickinson i feel like she's not cool at this point in time so maybe they're trying to make her cool but then also read read her actual stuff so you get the language of the time and, and what that was but hey if, i don't know if any of you listeners have checked it out probably some of y'all because it's gay but if it's good let us know terrence has really big eyes in the studio right now like he's just thinking about it and he looks like elizabeth holmes <laughs> with those big giant eyes just staring into the abyss of like what is this at least it's not Vita in Virginia no no yeah Vita in Virginia and that's not to say it was a bad film but it could have been so much better and I really do think they did us a disservice by showing Virginia Woolf with an actress who looks like she was she could have been anywhere from 25 to 33 when Virginia Woolf was much older and I think you rob her of the type of sexual awakening she was having and the the gravity of that when it's a woman over 40 versus a 20 year old who is like oh I can I can do this with ladies say what <laughs> <laughs> say what sorry but um yeah, I don't even know how we got off on that side note. I don't know where we got there. I guess when we listen to this back, we'll be like, oh, oh, that's like, that's, that's how we happened. got there. <laughs> that was the tangent. Um, where did the leap come from? I don't know. I want to say groaning about Mariana. Yeah, the kiss. Okay. I think that's what I was trying to say is I was glad that it wasn't that she didn't kiss her because it seemed like a struggle. And I interpreted that struggle as a desire for closeness from Ann Lister, a desire to not feel as lonely as she definitely must have been feeling at that moment, to feel as disconnected as she probably was feeling and to want to feel close to this person who theoretically she should, by the same time, what was just said, all that's been done. And maybe that was her being hopeful, her optimism, where she doesn't kiss her, she doesn't, she doesn't make herself that vulnerable, but at the same time, she still makes herself vulnerable because she's like, think about it. She asks again, again, and Ann Lister spends the whole series asking hoes things. And most of the time, them hoes are like, nah. 
And I'm like, why are you doing this to me, Sally? Why? Why does Anne Lister keep asking women things and they keep telling her no? That's not fun. Uh, what are your final thoughts on this? Um, uh, do you have any, I mean, I've said things here and there about Blackstone Edge and Scarborough, but do you have anything in particular that you're looking forward to learning or just expounding upon where that is concerned? Oh, for wait, Anne? you talk about the nightcap? No, I want everything. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Because no. <laughs> I need to not see the monster that was showcased before me. Because if you've not noticed, I've given her a narrative where I, I'm just going to, I don't want to say Mariana? it. Yes. I've given I'm, her a narrative I'm, I just to need me. to tell you right now that you will not feel better about Mariana. All I all I'm saying is that you can like you can feel for her, you can empathize with her. I feel so sad that she was so angry and bitter because that just goes to show how unhappy she actually was in her life, and that's unfortunate and tragic because who deserves that? But at the same time, girl, um, you know I can't co-sign that kind of behavior when there are other people who choose other ways to deal with stuff, and so there are options there, and maybe you have less options if you have or, of a certain personality type or whatever, whatever. But Mariana, yeah, the, the nightcaps won't do anything for you in terms of, oh, should I give Mariana some space? Instead, you're gonna, we're gonna go to that, that entry I told you about that precedes one of these incidences where Mariana and Anne have a fantastic rubble. Like moments of cold, and there were flashes of light. Yes, okay. there were things I never do again, but then they'd always seem right. There were nights of endless pleasure. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Baby, I love it. So this is this is one of those times where Anne literally has a horrible situation with Mariana. You will hear it when I say what was said, and you'll be like, "What the fuck?" And then there was a moment of cold, and there were flashes of light. And that was very clearly a super compatible way that they could communicate. And for Anne Lister, a weakness, because I think especially, too, when you deal with the fact that so many other girls were kind of timid about the grubble outside of Anne Walker. You know, they were like, oh, are we grubbling? And maybe Miss Barlow, Mrs. Barlow and a few others were like, oh, yeah, I'm getting into this. But it seems like Mariana displayed the most amount of perhaps comfort, which would be something she would feel given the history of their stuff. And I think a certain type of aggressiveness, a certain type of confidence in the bedroom that would turn Anne Lister on, because why would it not? Why? Why? I mean, who doesn't? Who who doesn't well that's i can't say that because i'm sure there's somebody but i'm sure that oh what the fuck <laughs> and lister was not talking dirty to tim when she was dry as a stick but i'm just saying i'm not gonna say a lot of people because i don't really know but some people enjoy dirty talk to me that's the concept of enthusiastic consent right, yes. and for some of the i mean i think most women or just people who are normal but i can't include all the dudes because dudes can be weird but women like going back to what we were saying about consent in the last episode enthusiastic consent is hot enthusiastic consent is a turn on so if you are enthusiastically consenting yes do this yes give me that yes one more time oh just like that like that's gonna be vroom. sorry guys that was my motorcycle no no <laughs> i can hear you revved up yeah, ready to revving. Go. Yes. oh here we go and so I don't, and Ann Lister has an ego. Ann Lister is prideful. Ann Lister wants to know that she can please a woman. And she knows because you can see a woman's body react. You can see her face. But to hear it, to have it validated, I'm just saying that that's going to feel nice. From what I can tell, she didn't get that from every woman because not every woman's the same, of course. Not everyone's going to be the same in the bedroom. Not everyone's going to have the Mariana jaunt. So that's why I say, obviously, Mariana was great in bed. I will say that, obviously, obviously. 
Okay, you guys, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that's why they should be together forever because, Lord, like we said before, good sex are really distracting, motherfucker, for longer than they ought to be distracted. Yes, Because the yes. O's are so good. And to me, that's how I see Mariana and Anne, that there were plenty of signs for Anne to see that this isn't going to work. You're wasting your time in a certain sense. You're, you're harming yourself emotionally and psychologically by doing this and forcing this and you're lonely and whatever. You're depressed. Just be done. But Mariana would write a letter or they would see each other and they would have a fantastic kiss, tolerable kiss. And Anne was right back there like, okay, maybe it could work. Okay, maybe it's not that bad. Well, maybe Charles will die soon. Well, maybe we can do this. And it's like, girl, whoa, those are, those are urban legends. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> those are head urban legends to keep the queers on lock. And I'll just say this now before we finish out this half because I will go into it or this second part. I think Mariana had a goddamn grubble and with another woman at some point in time in her life I'm oh yes of course when, i'm also gonna say that but i think that grubble was with a married woman hashtag finishing school teacher <laughs> why not i think mariana could spot i think mariana probably had a degree of gaydar a lot of queers do why not her i think that for how enthusiastic she was about getting back on the grubbles that for as young as she was to discover, at least we know for sure with Anne, Anne Lister, we don't know before with anyone else, that for all the times that Anne was separated from her and she was, I'm aching, I'm lonely, I'm craving this, I'm about to be reckless and messy because I really just need a connection. That Am I really supposed to believe that a grown ass woman like Mariana with all the fucking things and things she had and attitude and confidence in a certain kind of way. I can't think of a plausible scenario where she is able to catch the eyes the way queer women can do where it's just eye contact or just queer people in general. It's eye contact. That eye contact is speaking silently and you're like, mm, that's a queer over there. And I think personally that it would be a completely different dynamic that would be fascinating to intertwine because Mariana and this, and this potential queer woman who would I think also be married, they would have no expectations of each other and in my mind it plays into why she would stay with Anne and keep Anne there because perhaps even if she was bisexual or whatever maybe she was homoromantic especially because the patriarchy would make it easy to be homoromantic because you're like fuck man they suck they don't care about any of my things but there's no future with any other married bitch because you guys have already resigned yourselves to the things that sometimes queers have had to do where you're like I got a beard or I'm over here and this is what I'm doing like this is what has to be done this is what I have to do to survive I'm okay with it well no I'm not okay with it but I'm dealing with it to the best of my ability and I'm going to have my side jaunts over here 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 and here and keep the status quo as it looks versus people like Ann Lister that are like I'm not good with the status quo I'm not good with faking the funk I'm not good with playing pretend I just I need this to be what it is and I could see Mariana potentially opening up to another woman in a very specific way who was not Ann Lister because like she says in the cart, Ann Lister could never get being worldly. Ann Lister doesn't know what it's like to hop on a wrinkly knob because she has to, because she feels forced or because she's being sexually assaulted and, hey, you can't rape your wife <laughs> or things like that that existed back back then. So right. I don't. So there are certain things that are true for Mariana that aren't true for Ann Lister and that Ann Lister can't relate to on any sense of the word that she potentially could seek solace in another woman who would get it. Another queer who's like, I get it. We're trapped in these horrible horrible places and maybe we both express our bitterness outward but also i have no expectations of you we're not going to spend forever together and that would be like that that's what that's a real thorough booty call because right. when she does the booty call with Ann Lister, she has to do emotional work, but she doesn't like to do the work. She's like, apologize to me. Make me feel better. I'm the one in the doffles. You're embarrassing me. You know how much you are. You know you're too jaunty. You need to apologize to me. But with another hoe, it would just be like, okay, we're queer. We like to bone, um, but like, it's gotta be a secret. So <laughs> that sucks. Okay, three weeks from now. <laughs> 
catch you in the dressing room. But yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? My Mariana side fantasy of ridiculousness, but I don't know. No. I just don't think feelings. she only fucked one woman her whole life. I just don't right. think she only fucked one woman her whole life. Sorry. No. It's, yeah, ultimately it's what I've been, it's the vibe that I'm getting from her. I like that you give her, I don't want to say permission to be as she is, but in a sense it kind of is because of what she has to deal with. Mm-hmm. And yes, those are certain degrees and ways of looking at things that a, an analyst would not have to tolerate. Uh, but she also is conveniently also in her narrative, uh, throwing out the reality that she didn't have to marry Charles. She could have told Charles no. She chose to not tell Charles no. But isn't that so shitty when your perception of what's possible for yourself is so narrow? I mean, that's ultimately what makes people like Ann Lister, when they exist in the times that they do, so extraordinary. And Ann Walker is that they're able to conceive of things beyond what they've seen. They're able to conceive of the unknown. <laughs> they're right. able to do something new and say, I believe in this. And so they never seen two bitches Johnson around. I mean, there were some examples that were well known of like, okay, these these two women are definitely shacking up together. But there was no, there's no template, obviously. And there was no word for what women mm-hmm. were doing together. Right. Um, ultimately, um, I liked your rant on Mariana and her dealing with previous women who were wed, more than likely unhappily wed or, yes. um, and to the fact that they could have, yes, something so casually tangent, like an affair that can just be two ships that are, will conveniently pass at the phase of the waning moon or whatever their, you right. know, routine was versus dealing with an running into someone like an analyster with the you know gator that she built for herself and seeing how yes she is not like the others because you know what she's firstly not married secondly she wanted a sacrament (laughs) thirdly she's expecting all of this commitment and work out of me when all i want is grubble (laughs) i mean that's my hot i mean but she's great and i don't want to let the grubbles go so i'm just gonna i don't know nod my head right that's the other thing i was gonna say i think ann lister the way ann lister makes her feel is something she would never want to let go right because everything we get and i think that's why a lot of people are enamored with their relationship even though in my personal view it just feels very toxic when you look down at it it's because of how ann lister talked talked about her how ann lister wrote about her that she was in love and when you can write well and you're in love you will say some wonderful things about a person but um you know, you can have those rose-colored glasses on where you're not seeing everything clearly because I agree with you that, that Ann Lister was about it from the get-go. And even if Mariana was about it for a moment, she knew very early that it's not going to be like that. Right. And spent the rest of the time tempering expectations and trying to get Ann to see the truth of what it was. And technically had done that, technically had worked on her, had worked on her self-esteem in a certain kind of way, had worked on her expectations. And then, you know, little, little thirsty-ass Ann Walker comes around unexpectedly and completely throws the whole shit on its head and makes it so that Mariana can't have that type of control anymore because for once... For the first time, she is proven all the way wrong. And like I said, that thing she said about her later in the episode that we'll get to in part three was so wrong and so rude. That's why Anne was growling in her fucking face. I'm getting angry just thinking about it. No, you're getting angry just thinking about it. Just thinking about it! I'm sorry. Ooh, look at... Look at that yeah, waveform. Okay, I see it. Yeah, you're right. It's okay. disgusting. That's quite a... Yeah. Mm. Um. So yeah, as the scene closes out, guys, uh, it's just... And saying something, she says something about like, let's not hate each other after all this, you know. Surely we're still friends, despite everything. And Mariana. Oh, you know, I could never be just friends with you. <laughs> I was like, girl, respect some boundaries. I mean, how? 
what have we heard the word boundaries? Do we care? And I'm like foreshadowing, foreshadowing anyone. But um, we end the scene with Anne looking sad and more hopeful, but also dejected than she really should look. And Mariana's face in her lap. And it's just not a good look. It's a bad look. And I guess our last scene for this episode can be this last scene with Anne Walker. Because when we come back, we will be in London with Veer. And you know, that's that will be. The yeah. last two. So in this following scene, we are back with our sullen baby gay who hardly has any lines this episode. And she's in her bed staring all cute and sad um, with her braid to one side. And she's caressing that damn sketch mm-hmm. of Ann Lista again. And this time it's colored and stuff. It's got colors. Is this where the other Delita Melvin came in? Yes. Because I believe she was praying yes. prior to this. And yes. then she's looking in her book. Evan hides it. And um, you just know she's thinking about all the stuff. She's thinking about thrashing her and Batgammon and the Gruber, Black Swan Inn. Happier times. Happier but, times. But Less in side. comes uh, Elizabeth without uh... <laughs> No, she docked. She docked. <laughs> without a baby. Oh, without a baby. Yes, that is eventful. And, uh, she's like, I just want to say goodnight. And Anna's like, okay, goodnight. <laughs> goodnight, sister. And she's like, can I take a look? Because she wants to see Right, she's like, could you drawings. go so I can go back to staring mm-hmm. at the only thing worth looking at in this whole fucking country of Scotland? And she does ask to see it. She's like, okay, yeah, sure. Take a look at it. And, you know, while she's in there, she's like, you know, I shan't uh, propose or accept any proposals from this man. I shan't marry him. Yeah, Elizabeth starts talking about, hey, you know, um, Alexander. She's like, look, (laughs) bitch, don't even start because I'm not going to marry this motherfucker. And already I'm like standing ovation for Miss Walker Mm -hmm. because we look at how far we've come. The courage. Look at how far we've come. From, oh my God, can I deal with Ainsworth to I shan't, I shan't marry him. Okay, Elizabeth, don't even finish your fucking sentence. I know where you're going with this. And I don't need Ann Lister here by my side for me to say no. Nope, he's poor. I was actually just thinking of a line uh, from School of Rock. <laughs> you're tacky and I hate you. But that's, <laughs> that's Ann Walker. She's like, you're tacky and I hate you. We're not getting married. And at least Elizabeth comes back with like, yes, I know you're gay. Because that's the look on her face. She's got the big smile. She's like, oh, I know. I know. Says, I... I've known you this entire time. And if there's one thing you're not into doing, it's marrying men. Because so many have tried. All of them have failed. I just wanted you to like, you know, play pretend. Just like go along with it. Just like color by numbers. Because my husband, he's so insistent upon this. She's like, are you in danger, girl? (laughs) Basically. I feel like she was just sort of saying, because I hate my life and maybe my children. I just hate being here also in general. (laughs) Rescue me. I want to go home. Is what I heard her say. In that recent episode, we were talking about of how to get away with murder when Annalise oh, yes, was in rehab. Oh, no, when she was in rehab and she her roommate was that woman. And she when Annalise confesses her whole thing, like, oh, there's this murder conspiracy, but I didn't kill my husband. Da, da, da. And the woman's like, OK, yeah, well, I'm here because um, I'm addicted to shit. And I hate my life, hate my family, hate my children, especially. And I was just like, whoa. Um, not because I like to see women hating their children, but I like to see women who are allowed to be the full expanse of what womanhood looks like, which is, you know, on one spectrum, the most maternal person you could ever see doing incredible feats to protect children and save their children, potentially lifting cars like they say on the news and stuff like that right. to the other, the other, the one that is completely disconnected, the one that doesn't know why she had kids, the one that never wanted to have kids, was forced to have kids, whatever. And that both of those things can exist in narratives and be cool well, maybe not cool, but yeah, interesting, cool. Right. interesting to watch and with something of value to get as an audience member. And so those are the vibes in general I get from Elizabeth. I don't know if they're intended, but I just get that she's unhappy, that she is trapped and that 
that part of that trap is what the patriarchy has done to a lot of women, which trap them with children, lock them down with enough kids, and they're not going anywhere because what what kind of mother abandons their child? Right. Which then goes to what we mentioned um, also on the Patreon, which was the hours and um, Julianne Ooh, Moore's yeah. character. Because on the one hand, you feel for Julianne Moore's character because you're in her head. You see, oh, she's queer. Oh, she's trapped. She's in a marriage and a life she does not want. And she is suffocating to the point where she might actually do herself harm. So the only way that she can escape harm is to leave. But that requires doing the unthinkable for a mother, which is leaving your child behind. Anyway, I just like stuff like that because it's complicated. And yes, Perhaps we all know by now that Candace really loves the hours. <laughs> really, really. I love the script, the writing, the play, all of it. But um, yeah, so. Oh, we didn't finish with this damn scene. So what'd she say? <laughs> um, after our chance to you know, go through the motions, are you in danger? Right. I want to go home. Well, after Power Bottom, Anne makes her debut. Good to see you. Hope you stick around for a long time. Right. Elizabeth is just like, you know, let them come. You go to dinner, be civil, and no one is going to make you do anything you don't want to do. I'm already I'm going like, to is, dinner and I don't want to do but this. But this is that, right. I'm already doing what I don't want to do. I want to go home. Right. She's like, I want to go home. And Elizabeth was like, but that big old house by yourself. And I'm like, well, James is there and all of her servants. Is it really empty? <laughs> Not really. And she's like, there's no one to look after you. And I'm sure Miss Lister is already on her travels. And she is. And I was like, well, have you heard? Did she write to you? That's, she yeah, that's Anne. She's like, have you letters? <laughs> there are letters from my lady. It's like, oh, no, 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 no letters. I mean, I just, I just would assume i mean i feel like it's around that time that for her to be off right and then she just comes out right out to say so are you afraid of your man are you afraid of captain sutherland do you fear for your life and elizabeth does not say no she just says oh it's complicated it's different it's complicated when you've got kids when you've got kids it's different it's hard it's weird really different you can't just go ahead and commit murder so we got children and no <laughs> i'd be like well you can't you just can. run away to the circus or to america when you have children like well, well you, you could can, right. you could the history would remember you foully but you could be like motherfucking rose from titanic and be like fuck it like you could just say Fuck my parents. Fuck the aristocracy. Fuck people's expectations. I'm going to go over here and do what I want. But not everyone can. Not everyone does. Not everyone has the strength. Not everyone has the fortitude, etc. So this scene ends with Elizabeth adding that she promises and that she will look after her. And they hug. And Elizabeth is smiling. But Anne Walker looks like she's about to cry because no bueno. Right. <laughs> no bueno. It's not good. She's sad and she feels lost and helpless and stuck. I mean, what else is there to say? And of course, we hear a screaming baby in the background because uh-huh. if there's not a screaming baby in Scotland at the Sutherlands <laughs> where, are we there? Are we sure that we are at the Sutherlands? I don't think so. And then after she leaves our poor baby gay just curls up and pulls out her fucking sketchbook looking sad and probably just fucking cries herself to sleep if I had to imagine. If I had to imagine what Ann Walker did that night it was clutching on Ann Lister's picture and crying herself to sleep. So you could kill me now. I don't like this. I don't like this. Uh, you know what? I just feel like I would wage wars to not have to see Ann Walker <laughs> going through that bullshit i mean we couldn't even when we watched the episode we stopped it we were like no going even, past the ann walker stuff because yeah, i can't even an episode ago her getting in that carriage no wouldn't have happened i'm sorry um you know i'm happy <laughs> that you made this way and yes you have this uh medical plan that you you are proposing and that's well and good and well and good mm-hmm, and well mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um no that chat may happening well, guys, um, this last scene with Ann Walker crying herself to sleep is, seems like a perfect time as any for another goddamn gentermission. Yes. Gentermission. So giant get your cup refills. is empty. Right. I, you guys, I'm drinking from a BBA cup. It's large. <laughs> it's in charge and it's empty. 
So, I mean, if you're marathoning this podcast episode, maybe you, too, get a refill of something if you're drinking. And if not, just uh, buckle tight because it's going to get louder, jauntier, angrier. We have both been stewing and waiting for, like, the third act Mm -hmm. of things to say. Who knows? Maybe that part by itself will just be two, three hours. We will see how it goes because we're doing that on a whole other day, you guys. But uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> yes. Um, if you're still trying to figure out how to feel, you can always tweet at us, write to us, uh, you know, become a Patreon supporter if you do so feel inclined. Get some grubble gear. Um, there are other things I want to say. But part three is coming. So part three. <laughs> All right. So it's like sit sit tight for part Excuse me. three. Yeah, sit tight for part three. Um, off to our intermission. We'll be back. All right, back. Regency-era lesbians. Oh, my God.